This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Oh, it so is, whether you like it or not. We're here. It's uh, coming up to four minutes past four. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm so sort of full of Christmas spirit and Christmas carols, and I feel like I'm living the dream. I, f- I was watching a programme on the telly last night, and it was really good. Well, no, this morning, actually. And it was people who really indulge in Christmas, and it made me look as I was a non-starter. One couple live in this lovely house in, in Wales, I think in Carmarthenshire. They've got 56 rooms, and each... They're chock-a-block, but at Christmas time, they decorate each room in a different Christmas style, and people go and visit the house. And I, I thought, God, that is the most exciting... I loved it. There was one man who dressed up as Father Christmas and managed to dress this woman up, and she looked really good. And then, of course, there's a sad story about people nicking Christmas gifts from under the Christmas tree. We get them every year, don't we? I can almost guarantee you could run the same story this year as I've been running for the last 15 years about people who put presents under the Christmas tree, burglars look through the window, they go, oh, look, presents under the tree, wait till the family gone to bed, break in, nick the presents. To be honest with you, there's a, there's a few pictures of burglars in the paper today. They look like the ultimate thickos. They really do. You know, so you're nicking presents from little kids. What, to give to other little children? These people are the dumbest people ever. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, also, the cinema hypocrites, they banned another Christian advert because it's got the nativity in it, in case it upsets people. What is this to do with this upsetting people? One person complained about a radio presenter who said on air that he had man flu. And can you believe some dodo bird writes in, luckily to the BBC, and complains about the fact that uh, he shouldn't be saying the word man flu. So he's written to the equality unit. Are, they, are these people on major medication? I mean, what, what sort of drugs are they on that would actually prompt you in the first place to actually get your crayons out and write a letter of complaint? Dear God in heaven. Perhaps, perhaps these people are devoid of getting any mail in the post and it's their only opportunity of having contact with the outside world. What would you complain about? Somebody saying, I've got man flu. I suppose they'd also complain about blackboards and manhole covers and all those other sort of derivations of words that over the years people have gone, oh, you can't say that, you know, that'll offend somebody. That will offend somebody. And people seem to want to be offended, don't they? It used to be outraged of Orpington years and years ago. And now it's just about outrage from anywhere you can think of. I can remember sort of years and years ago, somebody did actually complain about one of the newsreaders who'd, who'd laughed on the television. And, and people wrote in a complaint. And it was, it was a bit of a shame, really, because it was, a, it was a, a fairly serious story. And those of you of a certain age will remember that when we had the firemen strike years ago, they brought out the army's green goddesses. Yeah, remember the story? And the green goddesses were manned by the army. So if there was a fire, because the firemen were on strike, an unheard of precedent, as far as I was concerned, uh, they brought out the green goddesses. And the newsreader, and I think it was Reggie Bosenkett, was sitting there saying that uh, a lady had called out the fire brigade because her cat had got stuck up a tree. Now, as anybody will tell you, cats climb trees and then they climb down again. You don't need to go up and rescue them because otherwise you're going to get yourself scratched to pieces. So what you do if a cat climbs up a tree, leave the bugger up there because they'll come down when they're ready. As soon as they're hungry, they'll, they'll come down. Anyway, she phoned the fire brigade. She gets through to the green goddesses. And so the army dutifully come out with their old fashioned thing. They put the ladder up and they bring the old lady's cat down. And the story sort of had a happy ending up until that moment. And the newsreader said, unfortunately, as they were reversing out of the lady's drive, they ran over and killed the cat. And he smiled as he said it. (laughs) 
I'd have burst into... I mean, it's just one of those moments where you couldn't do anything about it. It just strikes you as funny. The more serious the item is, the more inclined you are to actually laugh at it. And so when he said the green goddess reversed out and reversed over the, the old lady's cat, um, it was probably all he could do to suppress a guffaw, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and it was, and so people wrote in and complained, and I had to apologise and say, look, we're terribly sorry, but that, that happens. Sometimes the, at the most inopportune moment, at the most, you know, when you're supposed to be your most serious, it's like, you know, in the middle of a funeral, and it's supposed to be all serious, and, and you want to cry, and, then, and you don't know what triggers the crying. I told you yesterday when I went to Mike Allen's funeral, and, uh, and one of the ladies there was, uh, was reading uh, a poem, and she got about a minute in, and she, she broke down. And, 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 and there's no explanation as to why it happens. You don't know, because you're reading something as a celebration of somebody's life. But less than, you know, three feet from where she was, was his coffin. And I think it just brings it home to you. And you can't do anything about it. Emotion is a very strange thing. And we're all prone to laughing and crying at movies and just about anything. Just, I, mean, I mean, there is nothing that I cannot cry at. Seriously, I can watch a film. I can be sitting there and I can watch it. And it can be E.T., and I've seen it about three million times. Gross exaggeration. It's probably about 2,968,000, but it doesn't matter. And you watch these films and you cry at the moment. And the moment in E.T. is when he sort of goes to say goodbye to his friend who's been shoved in this freezer kind of thing. And as he sort of closes the lid, the heart glows. And, and so he goes, what? And he lifts up the lid, goes, E.T. phone home, E.T. phone home. And he goes, he's alive, he's alive. And then as they're going out and he's saying to his brother, Jeff, he said, he's alive. And the plant comes back to life. And it's at that moment that you get this rush of adrenaline, this, this sort of huge, huge feeling of, of just being emotional. I can get terribly emotional about things like that. I don't know what it is. I don't know where it comes from. Some people, hard as nails. Some people, they couldn't care less about Christmas. They're not bothered about presents. They're not bothered about Santa Claus. They really couldn't give a stuff about anything. I mean, when I heard about the six-hour jam to get into Blue Water, much as though I love Blue Water, I would not be queuing for six hours. I'm sorry. I just, I'm just not that stupid. You know, if you've seriously left it this late that you go out the other day to Blue Water for six hours, you need to get your life in order. Because, you know, you can order online. You could, you, you could have had all this stuff delivered by the beginning of December. But no, people want to go out and they go, well, have that, have that. And that's when you get into debt. Because it's different if you can't see it and you just order it online. If you're actually looking at something in a shop window, you go, do you I think I'll buy that? Yesterday, I had three things to do. I had to go to the bank when I got home in the morning. Uh, then, oh, I've got a FedEx parcel coming through. If I'm actually, at the moment, I've got a FedEx parcel, which is going to be delivered today. So believe you me, I'm waiting outside. I'm not letting this one vanish. And then I've got a DHL notification. Well, I've not ordered anything. I Seriously, I don't think I've ordered anything from DHL or to have it delivered by them. So I've got no idea what this one is, but it's from my friends up on the Great West Road. That's where it's obviously going to go back to if I miss it today. So yesterday I got back home and I thought, right, I've got to go to the bank. I've got to get some money out, and it's more money than I could take. Well, I could probably take it out of the cash point, but I don't want £20 notes. Because if you're giving money to people for Christmas... I think a 50 kind of says a bit more, doesn't it? It kind of looks a bit flash. You know, £20 notes, it just clogs up the envelope. And there's a story in the paper today about one particular post office where they reckon that a rogue postman, because they take on staff for Christmas and they don't vet them, he's been opening envelopes to see if there's any cash in them and then resealing them. You know, it's, and that's, that's really a horrible thing to do. So I go to the bank, I take the money out, then I go back home, then I go to Costco, 
race down the road to Costco as fast as my little legs will carry me. And, and I get some champagne and they do these lint teddy bear chocolates. But a whole box of them. So I thought that'll be useful gifts for Christmas. So I bought those. Then I shot off up to the garage to go and give them their, uh, their port and champagne and chockies. And, uh, and then I shot back again. And, and I thought, right, I've actually achieved everything. And I suddenly realised, today I've got to go out and I've got to get smoked salmon for Christmas Day. Although I could probably get it tomorrow. And, uh, and some, um, some egg mayonnaise and some crackers to put it on. And I've got some Prosecco, which I'm going to bring in. And, uh, and that'll sort that. I might, get, I probably might get some fruit or something like that, some satsumas. And so that'll sort out Christmas Day. Then I've got to get two little envelopes... And I've got to get... What else have I got to get? Oh, tissue paper to put in. So I've decided I'm not wrapping with paper this year. I can't be bothered to wrap with paper. It's too fiddly and it's too time-consuming. So if I put stuff in pretty glittery bags, you get four of them for a quid or something in a pound shop, and you put them in there and then you scrunch tissue paper over the top, covers a multitude of sins. It's only people opening a bag, isn't it, going, oh, look, lovely, a present. And I've only got to do one of those. No, I tell you, I've got to do th- three of those. And, uh, and then that's sorted. That is all done, and then I'm finished. I've just got to remember to get the little bits and pieces. And then I've got to wait for this FedEx parcel, which is going to turn up before 12. And I do want it, because if it, if it misses, it goes back to Byfleet. And that's like a drive and a half in my car. You know, that's like 30 quid's worth of petrol, so I'm determined that I'm not missing it. Last time, they actually claimed they put a note through the door, which, of course, they were fibbing. They didn't put a card through the door, which they're supposed to. Uh, so I'm, I'm determined to wait today, so I shall wait. And I'll track it as well. Well, I could probably track it at the moment. I can probably find out exactly where it is. Let's have a quick look at it. Because when it came to me the other day, I was amazed that I can do these things on my telephone. I had no idea. I mean, I'm, I'm completely, as you know, a buffoon when it actually comes to doing anything on the phone. I don't know how stuff works. Where the dickens has that gone again? Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't understand. Wait a minute, where's that gone to? Must be around here somewhere. And, um, and so I was able to, uh, to find all the stuff and track it. And as far as I'm concerned, that was the, that was the best... Is that it? Oh, I don't, yes, mail. And um, so I tracked it the other day. Where's it gone to? Here we go. Tracking. Tendered to FedEx. I mean, this is amazing. Three days it's taken. Three days uh, for it to, uh, to get over here. So there's my tracking number. So you click on it and it will tell me exactly where it is. Would you like to use your... Oh, I'll use it. I don't care. It's in transit. Scheduled for delivery today. In fact, uh, what's today? Wednesday. Yesterday it was in Enfield, poor soul. It came into Stansted at 7.38 in the morning. Isn't this brilliant? I mean, I think this is fantastic. You've never heard a radio programme like this, have you? You cannot believe that somebody is seriously sitting there tracking a parcel on FedEx, of which you know nothing about. It's not your parcel. I'm not sharing it with you. And it's now in Byfleet. It arrived in Byfleet this morning at 3.39. I'm so excited. So it's going to be out today. I'm going to be back. I'm telling you, I'm going to be sitting in a deck chair outside the front door. So excited. So excited. That was three days to get from America, from Wichita. Wichita in Kansas. Isn't that lovely? So, uh, so that's exciting. And then hopefully we'll find out what the DHL thing is. I'm hoping a crate of champagne, but I think unlikely. You know, you always live in hope, don't you? Uh, plus, we're going to be talking about uh, Elton John, seen out with his carer. Sorry, his uh, husband. Do beg your pardon, actually. I don't know why David Furnish looks like Elton's carer. But uh, after yesterday, where they said he appeared to be taking over... Um, they're obviously keen to sort of, you know, sort of show... I said yesterday, I couldn't really care less what they do. They, 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 they could knit booties together, as far as I'm concerned. I think anybody's relationship is their business. If, if they're going through a rocky period, fine, they're going through a rocky period. Tell you who is, though. Jensen Button. Very odd. 
He's been married less than a year. They've never lived together. And she's a lingerie model. What they must have in common, I can't imagine. And so they've decided to uh, to split up. Um, uh, they actually got married in Hawaii, but apparently their jobs kept them apart. What a load of old cobblers, eh? Isn't it rubbish? You know, when they say that, they go, their jobs kept them apart. So anybody who's sort of got a job where... I mean, she's a lingerie model. Well, she only modelling on the moon or something like that. No, lingerie models take their kit off anywhere. They're not bothered whether they take it off. As long as somebody's paying them money, they'll strip off completely. Hello, do you want to see them? There they go. Woo! And that's what they do. They're lingerie models. They sort of loosely tart it up. But uh, I think just take, take the word tart, and that kind of sums it up. Quarter past four. This. Morning, everybody. 19 minutes past four. It's the 23rd of December. Actually, do you know, I, I, I feel like offering advice, and I don't very often offer advice, but if you were thinking of going to Blue Water, maybe now, maybe now, so you won't have to sit there for six hours, why don't you sort of get there, park up, and then you can be first off, and you're going to say to me, are you completely mad? And the answer is, well, if you seriously sat there for six hours yesterday, I think the mad ones would be the people who sat there. Six hours! People were queuing. It's, nothing is worth six hours queuing, apart from uh, apart from my magic circle shows. Uh, thank you to Antoinette and Tony, who say thank you for making our mornings get off to a great start. See you at the magic circle on New Year's Day, yes. And uh, you're obviously Costco customers. I recognise the card. I'm good at recognising cards, actually, especially Costco cards. Uh, from Dudley, who says, uh, from one of your spikers, may the sprout be with you. Which is quite nice. Thank you. Uh, thank you, incidentally, for all your uh, Christmas cards. They're very much appreciated. Very much appreciated. Uh, Mike Dickin used to call people who, who seek to be offended. Yeah. I mean, somebody actually complained about the man flu thing. I mean, what he should have said is, other flus are available. Matt, can you believe it? Somebody's going to complain. You feel like going around to their house and going, are you for real? <laughs> or are you just completely barking mad? I'd love to find out. You'd probably find they go, well, actually, it is my prerogative to complain about it. What did somebody say to me once? Oh, somebody, we were talking about houses, and somebody wrote in and said, I live in an architect-designed house. And so I said, well, there's nothing clever about that. Every house is architect-designed, you know. was wasn't being particularly bright. Um, LBC presenters have to be really, be, uh, really ill to be off man flu. <laughs> yeah, quite right, actually. I mean, the only thing that prohibits you from coming into work here is death. That is about the only thing. The rest of the time, you just turn up. Man flu. I've been in here with man flu. I think, I think you can probably count on one hand the amount of days that I might have off in the course of two years on LBC. It's, a, it's, a, it's as good as that. I've sat here coughing and sneezing and being miserable. I've sat here losing my voice. I've sat here when I've been all croaky. And, um, and you just do it. You just get on with it. You know, if you lose your voice completely, well, then obviously you're completely scuppered, so you've got to uh, give it to somebody else. Uh, Johnny G says, for the last 48 years, I've written a letter to Santa to no avail. However, this year I've sent it registered post via the solicitor. No flies on me. Well, if he doesn't reply, you take him to court. How dare the old man with the white beard not reply to you? It's an absolute outrage. Absolute outrage that people take advantage. And um, and Ron says, I've got a mate who flew all the way to Dubai to do his Christmas shopping in the duty-free shops at the airport. Bit extreme. No, shows great fortitude. As far as I'm concerned, somebody flies to Dubai. I mean, listen, you can fly to Dubai and all the way back again and they'd still be sitting in the queue at Blue Water. And you can get duty-free shopping. It depends what you buy. As I say, nowadays, not many people buy presents. You might buy a bottle of champagne for somebody. Or you might buy, um, you know, chocolates or something like that. But, you know, the days of buying presents, unless it's for young people, people don't, people don't need any. People know, for me, that a bottle of Prosecco goes a long, long way. And so I've had, you know, a beautiful Harrods hamper. And I've had, I got some Prosecco this morning from my friend uh, Anthony Poledri. Morning, Tony. 
And uh, he says, sold out of Brussels sprouts, Prosecco and toffee vodka. He says, I will listen to you Christmas morning, God willing. Because Christmas morning, for uh, for a lot of restaurants, he's got Little Italy, as you know, in Soho. And um, and it's a busy time for them. People who don't want to cook want to go out to a restaurant. And, and they want to sit down and let somebody else do it. And that's that's how it works. They were looking in one of the papers today at, uh, at the members of the RMT who are working over Christmas this year. And many of them have said exactly the same as I've said. You know, it's quite nice. If you've got grown-up children and all you're going to do is sit and stare at the wife... With all due respect to the wife, it's quite nice to actually go out and do something and just sort of feel part of that elite group of 900,000 people who will be working on Christmas Day. You know, people aren't doing it for free. There will be people working for free. There will be people who'll be giving up their Christmas to make other people have a nice Christmas. And that's wonderful. But we do expect the railway workers out there. We do expect the buses to be running. We do expect, you know, uh, some tube. We we expect loads of things, don't we? And we tend to take it for granted because we're multicultural and uh, and we and we like going shopping and we like doing all sorts. There will be shops open Christmas Day. Don't ever think that there won't be anything open. Only if you live on the Isle of Skye, as we just sorry, as you discovered the other day, will there be nothing open? But there again, you know, you've got that beautiful scenery up there, and. and, and you've got that to look at. I looked at a house, only in the papers. It was in uh, Country Life, I think. And it's right on the edge of a coastal village. I mean, literally, the water laps around the bottom of your garden. There's a wall there. And I kept, all I kept thinking was these poor people in Cumbria, who for the umpteenth time have been flooded. One of the rivers burst its banks again. Uh, I think 40 people were evacuated from about 10 houses. The hotel has been flooded three times now. What is it with Cumbria? What is it with Cumbria? We all go there and support them next year when we finally sort of worked out. I mean, the government have done absolutely nothing, have they, really? Nothing at all. And um, another one here from Chris and Valerie and uh, says, we moved to the um, the coast. Um, I can't quite work out what the word is, actually. Two years ago and thought we wouldn't we would lose you. But happily, you came with us. Exactly. There's no there's no getting away from the Steve Allen programme. No getting away at all. Now we've got the uh, the LBC app. You can listen around the world. We had somebody the other day listening to us on an aeroplane. On an aeroplane at 38,000 feet. Because they, they, they've got uh, all sorts of things up there. They've got Wi-Fi. And so there was somebody listening to us at 38,000 feet. I mean, how cool was that? Good Lord. And uh, I'm from, uh, I think this is uh, Michaela and Cathy. And uh, Michaela says, you provide hours of chat for my mum, Cathy. And every day when we speak, it's always... It's uh, it's always about you. Did you listen to Steve this morning? Thank you for being you. Thank you. Well, I hope you're going to be here for uh, for Christmas with us as well, because I'm here on Christmas Day between seven and ten, which I'm very much looking forward to. I haven't got anything planned. Oh, glitter! Sorry, I haven't got anything planned on the program, so don't don't, don't expect any sort of you know whizzy whizzy rah rah kind of show because it's not going to be like that. I've got no idea what I'm going to be doing, but there again. As you've probably guessed from listening to this uh, this programme, I haven't got any idea what I'm doing any day of the week. I just sort of kind of turn up, the microphone goes on, and we basically sit down and just chat about things. It can be the papers, it can be your texts, it can be your emails. So the, the, there's no particular format to the programme. That's why whenever anybody covers this programme, they have to do their own thing, because there's no way anybody's going to be doing what I'm doing. Uh, from Jackie and Andy from Coolston, another year of great radio. Thank you very much indeed. That's what it's all about, isn't it, really? It's not the... Thank you for the glitter. It's not the it, It's not the money, although, believe you me, it does come in handy. And it certainly comes in handy at this time of year. So, uh, But I've been quite good. I've not done Christmas on a budget, but on the other hand, I've not gone, I've not gone mad. 
I've sort of kept it within within check. And uh, before we know where we are, we're going to be at the end of January, aren't we? I've just got this feeling it's going to go through so fast next year. Your life just is sort of wishing itself away. Uh, I'll tell you more about Aliona a little bit later on. I am going to tell you about Jensen Button. It's a very odd relationship. How can you have a relationship where you don't live together? They've never lived together. And now there's a divorce fight, they say, for his money. Well, why should she get a penny piece? Well, she, can, she didn't contribute to it. She didn't live with him. She didn't drive the cars. And um, uh, they went in uh, Maui in Hawaii, but their lives remained unchanged. She returned to her busy professional life based in Tokyo. And Jensen travels the world with a gruelling Formula One circus. It's not really that gruelling. You just put some clothes on and you push your foot on the accelerator. I don't call that gruelling at all. And it's very, oh, sorry. It's very well paid as well. And um, a source close to them says, Jensen and Jessica did not have any financial arrangements for the marriage. Why should they? Mm-hmm. Presumably 90% of the, uh, of the money is his. Why should they have to give her anything? I don't understand why you have to share anything with anybody. All these prenups they have to do. So they've had a picture taken together, but that was it. So, um, I mean, I'd, I'd, I mean she, she's a model in Tokyo. A lingerie model. Pfft. What does that mean? It means you get your kit off at the drop of a hat. But uh, in, in September this year, he said he rarely sees her. Bit of an odd marriage, isn't it? Very odd marriage. Small wonder they're going to separate. To be honest with you, if they hadn't actually got together, why would they not separate? My friend Jez says the 7am spike is coming. It's huge. Not for you, matey. It's not. Not for you. Nothing's coming for you. Not even Father Christmas. He hates Christmas, as you know. And the Christmas tree lights still don't work. Our Christmas tree and reception collapsed, apparently. Remember I told you yesterday, it disappeared. I said, the Christmas tree's gone. And somebody said, it died. I said it was dead when it arrived. You know, Christmas trees, the moment you cut them down, of course, people forget that when you cut a Christmas tree down, as long as it's cold outside, you'll keep it forever. If it goes in and it's slightly warm, it's going to start dropping needles, and they need water. They can probably get through between two and four pints of water a day. You know, a fully grown tree or a big tree will suck it up through the, uh, through the, uh, uh, the root system thing. Or well, failing that, it'll just suck it up through the bit that's been cut off. And so they get through loads and loads of water. That's why. Ugh. Ray says, weren't they all queuing to get out of blue water? I've got no idea. It was six hours. Was it six? You think it was, you think it was trying to get out? Wait a minute. Let me, let me find, I've got to find out, actually. I'm just as, as curious to find out about this blue water thing. You wouldn't be queuing to get... Would you be queuing to go in? Here we go. Shoppers were trapped in seven-hour queues and fresh floods. Thousands were trapped in blue water as the car park ground to a halt. The backlog caused by the high visitor numbers and one broken-down motor at the shopping centre began, began to build at 3pm on Monday. Police arrived at 8pm and the last vehicle was cleared at around 10pm. Some drivers were left in tears. Oh, wusses. Wusses! What driver bursts into tears behind them? Oh, call it out! <laughs> I mean, what, you know, grow up and get over yourselves. Apparently, Chris Clark tried to leave at 3.30, only got out at 9.35. Well, there you go. Kind of tough, isn't it? Kind of tough. Get over yourselves. I thought it was a bit odd that you'd be queuing for six hours to get into somewhere. Um, very interesting that people are talking about Eleona. She's quit strictly. Do you not see PR puff written behind this? Do you not? She's won it. And now she's quit. And so she gets every front page. It's quite clever marketing, actually. So she's either got a book coming out, My Time Dancing with a, an ex-boy band member, or, uh, or there's something else. There's some sort of clothing rain. There'll be something. Because it's unusual that she's made most of the front pages of the papers for this morning. Uh, 84850, steve at uh, Stephen Chelsea likes fried bread with a poached egg. You're still in that home, aren't you? Matron still doing that for you in the mornings? I'm assuming yes. And, um, and, um, 
somebody says, I, I enjoy listening to your programme every day, which, as far as I'm concerned, is, uh, is, is almost par for the course. Of course, everybody listens to this programme every single day. Why? Because it's just... Oh, my computer's frozen now. Isn't it typical? Honestly, just when you get the thing... Go- oh, wait a minute, it's come back again. Honestly, sometimes you look at this, this computer and I think, there are stranger things in heaven and earth, like the time. 4.30. Later. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to five. Good morning to everybody at uh, Cheney's. And a Merry Christmas to you all down there. That's from Paul Cooper. You're not getting a card this year. You get it on the radio. It's easier. And according to Paul, I am an expert on trees being top salesman at Cooper's and Sons. Actually, it's very interesting because um, a few a few places still have a handful of trees left, but they're, they're sort of rapidly running out. And you know what some people do? An average tree this year is going to cost you the best part of between... 25 and 35 quid for a normal tree, you know, in one of those nice wooden bases. And that's about what it is. So what some people do, they always go in and go, oh, I'm looking for for Christmas trees. This was a a scenario the other day. I'm looking for a Christmas tree. Yeah, okay. And uh, how much is this one? Um, This is uh, £30. Okay, will you take five? Sorry? Would you take five for it? No. Well, what what are you going to do with it if you don't sell it? I'm going to pulp it and think of you not having a Christmas tree. Simple as that. Can you believe some people are so tight about Christmas? You know, you want a Christmas tree, but you don't want to pay for it. Everybody else pays for Christmas trees, and yet they, they start haggling over the prices. You know, so it's it's a case of no, not having it. Somebody told me another story the other day. Somebody came up on Christmas Eve. They, I, think they had, um, I think they had two trees left. And the bloke said, he pulled up, and uh, I won't tell you what he did for a living, because that would kind of give it away. And he said, uh, he said, how much your trees, mate? He said, oh, 25 quid. He said, give you a fiver. He said, no. He said, well, you know, they're useless to you, aren't they, after today? He went, no. He went, yeah, they are. Nobody wants a tree after today. He said, my garden does. He said, no, I'll be, I'll be putting it through, through the shredder. Honestly, some people are so tight, aren't they, at Christmas? I never understand. He said, the one thing I can't stand is people haggling. I'm I'm a I'm a pay full price bloke. I don't haggle over anything. Price of cars, nothing. I'm a very easy going person. I just can't be bothered. It's it's just not worth the hassle. I've got friends who do it very well, but I'm not one of them. I cannot do things like that. You know, as I said, my my, my friend Jez, who next year will not be my friend Jez, because he's so mean about Christmas. He just he doesn't like it. He doesn't uh, you know this year he is Grinch. He is Scrooge. He is everything that you could possibly think of. Ooh, bar humbug. Don't, do, don't want to do Christmas, you know. Don't want to do this. So he's going to sit there staring at the walls on Christmas Day because he's got no friends. He lives in Shoreditch, poor soul. So you start with a handicap, don't you, in London? Because that's party town. But, you know, at his age, it's like the Derby and Joan Club he has to go down to and sit there with a lot of people who've only just had their teeth given back to them so they can actually get through the turkey without it being liquidised, which it was last year, which, of course, poses all sorts of problems. But it's easier for Matron to clear up afterwards. So this year, he's been sort of really miserable about the whole thing. You know, I think secretly I'm going to go round to his place. I've never seen his place. I've only hazarded a guess as to what it looks like. Uh, probably like something out of a car boot. And I've just got a feeling it's going to be dripping with Christmas tinsel and decorations. Because I like it when people... I like it when people put lights up in their houses and so you can, you can see the house and the outside is lit up. And I think it looks great. You know, for people who, who maybe can't afford Christmas, just like my friend Jez, you know, who, who maybe, you know, it's a, little bit, it's a little bit hard at this time of year. He doesn't have the money to go out, and so he is like the little match girl, standing outside, looking through the window with a little box of matches, and every time he strikes one, a picture of Christmas appears, and his heart gets filled with joy, and then, and then he strikes another match, and there's, there's the groaning Christmas table, and then another match, and there's all the presents and the children... 
and he's standing outside and his feet are getting very cold and then he's got no more matches. So then he has to go home because the police have been called and they don't want people peering in their windows. And that's how it is for him. He just hates Christmas. He just doesn't do it. He expects people to give it. He told me the other day, he said, oh, my boss gave me a bottle of champagne or something. Oh, I don't care. I said, well, I hope you gave it back, seeing as you don't celebrate the festive season. No, he said, I kept it. He's that mean. He's that mean about things. Um, if Jensen Button's other half is a successful model, um, can't he sue her for half of her money? Well, shouldn't I? Put it way, she's in Tokyo, and also she's a lingerie model, Jessica Michibat- Michibata. Have you ever heard of her? No, me neither. So there you go. So she's obviously got diddly squat. And um, and so they, they've sort of split. But because they never live together, that's not a marriage, is it? I mean, you could say that I'm sort of married to half of Cheney's. We don't live together, but I feel like we're married. You know, and to Tony Poledri. I feel as I'm in his marriage. I'm sure his wife would probably admit as well that there were three in our relationship. But it's it's one of those sort of things. They don't live together. And it's Jensen Button. And you think, well, you know, and they go, because of the distance. What a load of old rubbish. You know, if she's married to him, why has she not moved out of Tokyo? I mean, I'm assuming taking your clothes off in Tokyo is exactly the same as taking your clothes off on the Bulls Pond Road or South End. What difference does it make? What difference does it make? Perhaps they like people like that. I don't know. I just find the whole thing decidedly odd. Uh, Jimmy says, picking up our meat hamper later on that we've been paying in for the Christmas club. Never had um, uh, never had to sort of hassle. Thank you for keeping me company through the wee small hours. You mentioned about the government doing nothing for you regarding floods. My friend in Florida gets paid out whenever a hurricane uh, happens. Uh, somebody says, Shoreditch, does he have a beard? Difficult to tell, really. I don't know. I've never been to Shoreditch. It's party town. Shoreditch is party town. It used to be. I mean, it's party town for sort of young people. And it's full of bars and stuff like that. And it's a case of, you know, so people sort of hang around bars. And they will be tonight. And he probably will be tomorrow as well. And Christmas Eve he'll be there, hoping to take home a little a little lovely or something for Christmas morning. You know, kick him out before the milkman arrives. And uh, it's like that in Shoreditch. It's like, you know, whereas me, somebody said to me, oh, you know, do you go to parties anymore? I said, don't be so ridiculous. You know, in, uh, to be honest with you, at my time of life, what is the point of going to a party? It's way too loud music. I don't like any of the people there. You know, you have to go to a party. They go, oh, look, it's all the people you work with. Can't stand them. Cannot stand them. Why would you want to, why would you want to hang around people you work with every day? I see them in here. I know what they're like, sober. I know what they're like, drunk. I don't want to go out and then actually have, have conversation with them. I can't think of anything worse. Uh, 84850-cbdlbc.co.uk. Try and uh, weave everything into the programme. I'm in such a good mood, actually. I'm in such a good mood. It can't last, can it? It really can't. A lot of people complaining. In fact, one one lady in particular complaining about the fact that uh, she lives in Orpington. And uh, she says, uh, I've never been outraged in my life. You have just now. Just now you've been outraged in Orpington. So there you go. I was proved right yet again. Uh, I'm a self-employed courier. Says Ian, yesterday was the first time ever I did home deliveries, next day stuff. Out of 45 stops, uh, one only uh, completed, 24, very frustrating. I put a car through every door where somebody was not in. I hate missing a parcel. I don't like missing parcels. I really don't. I mean, it annoys me. I've paid for something. This one's travelled, you know, across the, across the entire universe to get here. Uh, Noreen says, I uh, hope you're well. You sound on good form. I'm, f- I'm feeling quite chipper. I'll tell you for why. Uh, because I haven't had any in-conversations to record. We've got a load coming up for Christmas for you, and what we've done is we've sort of sat down and we've we've selected uh, some of my favourite in-conversations. And so we've got people like uh, Tom Jones, 
and uh, who else do we have? Uh, Tom Jones, Amanda Holden, Richard E. Grant, uh, loads and loads of different people. Mira Sayal, Martin Shaw. I mean, some really, really nice people. Uh, so uh, I'm sure that you're going to enjoy that. So the, the festive edition of the Steve Allen In Conversations will be appearing. And then, come the new year, we'll have uh, loads more celebrities dropping in to have a chat. Uh, I read about Eliola, says Noreen, leaving. Not surprised uh, uh, she'd have been partner off with a no-hope rush, imagine, next time. We aim to go supermarket shopping early. I just couldn't queue six hours. In or out. In or out. I agree, actually. It's that slightly surreal times, says uh, Richard. This is Richard Cook down in uh, Sittingbourne in Kent and Sarah. Uh, when Sarah and I are up very early in order to get some last-minute food shopping at Gillingham M&S. We're getting there for 6am opening, so it's mince pies, pate, cheese, canapes, nibbles and everything else we haven't thought of. After the chaos at Blue Water, we thought we'd make sense to get there early. And if we don't get another chance, wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas. Thank you. Yes, I agree with you. Get there early. But do check sell-by dates. Check sell-by dates. I might buy some pate as well for them on Christmas Day. I haven't haven't quite decided. Uh, Glenn says parcel deliveries can be maddening. I've got an A4 board which sits outside my front door on the day of delivery, asking for callers to please knock loudly. I let the courier company know in advance that the sign will be out there on the day. So far, so good. Yes, I mean, perhaps that's what I should do. Perhaps that's what I should do. But uh, I don't... Uh, I, I always manage to get things in the long run. I, re- I really do, actually. So um, I, uh, I'm hoping today goes well. I just want to know what this thing from DHL is. I'm assuming somebody sent me a sort of, you know, um, a, a huge bottle of champagne. I think unlikely, but it could be quite nice, actually. Uh, what else do we have in the papers for today? Oh, yes, uh, the, uh, the, the Elton John story. Aston Mary- Merigold. He was in JLS... He was the one who used to do the wheels on the train, go round and round, and he used to dance on a children's programme singing on the big rock candy mountain, you know, and stuff like that. And uh, then he went into JLS, and uh, now he's offering his services to come and sing at your house for 5,000 quid. You know, which is uh, which is a nice amount of money. I can't imagine anybody paying £5,000 for Aston Merigold to come round and sing songs. I don't know why. I just sort of see this as getting a bit desperate. And uh, and I did say at the time, if you remember, I did say that, you know, after after boy bands, there is no life, you know, as singers or anything else. So when they go, uh, it's like uh, Sarah Harding would be a classic example. Somebody who was in Girls Aloud, somebody who spent many of her formative years face down in the gutter outside nightclubs because she was three sheets to the wind and she completely screwed her life up, completely screwed up all by herself. Nobody made her do it. She did it. And there's lots of people like that. In fact, when you discover that uh, the uh, the people who are turning up in so-called Celebrity Big Brother, I think 90% have been in rehab for drink or drug problems. And I, I can't help feeling that perhaps Big Brother's lost its way. Perhaps we don't have any celebrities, but perhaps we just have a lot of stupid people. And Sarah Harding, as I say, completely screwed up her life. So she became addicted to the, the media frenzy. The media frenzy of, oh, can we take some pictures of you? So she posed, she did all the things. She wasn't actually working. She was just posing and being a complete prat. And so she had all this. Great to have, you know, to open up the Daily Star and there's another picture of Sarah Harding. But, you know, did it materialise into work? Nothing. She had a few minor roles in a couple of, in a couple of films. St Trinian's. Could you even tell me the name of her character? No. She thought she was going to be acting. And then, then all of a sudden she was blitzed everywhere in the cheaper end of the press. She's going into Coronation Street. Whoa! This is going to be a short part, but she's hoping it's going to turn into something big. Once we'd seen the state of her acting, we suddenly realised that Sherwood Forest had more life. 
than she did. She was so wooden, she made my sideboard look animated. She was so dreadful, they couldn't get rid of her fast enough. She was absolutely appalling. She couldn't do an accent, she couldn't do anything. So then she decided she was going to release an album, and I begged on air, God knows, I begged with all my heart. I said, listen, Sarah, don't embarrass yourself, dear. If they're not interested in Cheryl Spagbowl, they ain't going to be interested in you. You're an old woman now, you're way too old to hit the charts. Who do you think's going to be buying an album of yours? Answer, listen, Peter Andre can't sell out shows. He can't even shift an album. It's on sale in one of the biggest retailers in the country, in Iceland. He's, he's trying to sell albums for the second year. I think these are last year's albums they never shifted. I mean, I don't want to be rude. I'm not that sort of person. I like to look on people benignly. I like to sort of wish them the very best in their life of misery that they've got. But you wait till I tell you who's going into Celebrity Big Brother. It really is a depressing array of people who, frankly, are going to be feeding off their own insecurities. After this... Steve Allen on LBC. So this, uh, this addiction that people have for the media was highlighted yesterday on television, hilariously enough, by a lady called Celia Walden. Now, the name might not mean anything to those of you not in the business, but she is Piers Morgan's missus. They live in a £4 million house, and she phoned him on... Uh, on they, they, actually, they, they actually call it in the paper his Good Morning Britain show. Whether he survives beyond next year remains to be seen. Celia phoned agony aunt Deidre Saunders to seek advice on her husband's addiction to social media, using the alias Delia to throw them off the scent. But Morgan soon cottoned on it was his better half, and he joked, ha-ha, her name's Celia. If only she was Delia, I might get a decent meal. It's funny, he is now addicted to being in the public eye, whereas, in fact, really, when you analyse what he does, he's not much cop at any of it. You know, so he sits there and they go, oh, he's really good. He's a bit smooth and everything else. But it's not what you want for breakfast television. It's not really what you want for breakfast television. And so he is addicted to social media. He can't get enough of it because he really believes that people are really interested in his life. Whereas, in fact, all he's doing is just sitting there having to get up at the crack of dawn to go and do a television programme, which he looks uncomfortable doing. You know, it's just purely for the money, because he hasn't got a job anywhere else, so he might as well do that. Uh, Adele has taken another swipe at celebs, like the Beckhams, who put their children in the public eye. And uh, she says here, she's got a three-year-old son, she blasted stars for allowing kids to become part of their brand. She didn't make a, a thinly-veiled dig at the Beckhams recently for stepping out with their kids at public events. Well, in fact, when we had a red carpet event here, two of the Beckhams' children were walking it like they were celebrities as opposed to just the offspring of the Beckhams. But they, of course, seem to absolutely revel in it. They seem to love it. They're so addicted, you know, with this sort of, this fanning the fire of celebrity. I've got a book about it called So You Want to Be a Celebrity, which talks about the fixation that people have nowadays with celebrity wanting to be it. And it doesn't matter whether you've killed somebody, whether you've shoved half of Columbia up your nose, or whether you're a failed alcoholic. That makes you a celebrity in this day and age. Or failing that you sleep with somebody famous. It can be fame by association. So when you look at uh, Celebrity Big Brother, laughingly, none of these people are celebrities. Laughing. There's probably only about one or two in here who would qualify. The rest of them are cokeheads and alkies. And that's about as good as it gets. And this laughingly masquerades as a TV programme. The latest signing, we are told... It's going to keep the uh, the show shrink busy during the run because they have to find people. So apart from having dreary old Daniela Westbrook, who's managed to find a new boyfriend, just jetted off on holiday. Great for bankruptcy, isn't it, really? I don't know how they manage it, but there you go. They've signed up Paul Danon. Um, he's an ex-Hollyoaks and Love Island star. He wasn't a star. He's a waste of space. 
Complete and utter waste of space. He must be crawling around on his hands and knees looking for a job at the moment. He got hooked on drink and drugs at the height of his fame. He was in Hollyoaks. He was in Hollyoaks. There is no fame in Hollyoaks. The man was an idiot. And then he's turning his life around after becoming a father. In other words, he's got some girl up the duff and he's kind of stuck with it. He says, I used alcohol to make myself happy, but it wasn't working. What a fool. What a fool. Then one night I started dabbling with cocaine. But all I wanted to do was add to my misery and depression. Uh, also tipped, as I say, Daniela Westbrook, another cokehead. And, uh, and she sort of came off it and then went back on it again and came off it and then, you know, trundled out her usual sob stories, which nobody believed at all. And um, after she was declared bankrupt, she said she, uh, she was tempted to go back to drugs. Can you explain this to me, ladies and gentlemen? I don't want to appear stupid on this programme this morning, but if you've just been declared bankrupt, you're tempted to go back onto drugs. Where would the money be coming from, darling? Where would the money be coming from? You've been a total waste of space for 90% of your life. It's about time you tried to grow up and come into the real world. Uh, Darren Day is set to be a, a housemate. The love rat who walked out on his girlfriend, Suzanne Shaw, and their baby is another self-confessed drug user, sex addict and drink driver. God, blimey, he's got the set. He's got the set. He says, I mean, he was once, he was earning, when I first knew Darren Day years and years ago, he was, his agent said to me, and it shows how long ago it was, he said, he can make a quarter of a million a year easy. Easy quarter of a million a year. But anyway, um, also Stephanie Davis, she was dropped from Hollyoaks. I mean, it's, it, it's got to be something if you're dropped from Hollyoaks, hasn't it? You know, the, the programme that doesn't generally drop people because she's another boozer. Another boozer. She was turning up late. She's an unprofessional. An unprofessional. Uh, also, David Guest. Oh, God, how boring. The world's most boring man. We've already seen him in the jungle, and he'll be trotting out his Michael Jackson stories and his Judy Garland stories like an amazing, repetitive parrot. And uh, also Vanilla Ice. Who? Vanilla Ice. An ice cream that masquerades as a, cele- as a celebrity. Plus there'll be a few other bimbos in there. I think they're putting Gemma Collins in. And Gemma, they say, has battled... Um, uh, eating disorders. Yeah, the eating disorder is she opens her mouth and swallows. That's the eating disorder. There is no eating disorder. It's a load of old cobblers. It really is. It's ridiculous. I mean, you might as well put Cheryl Spagbowl in there. She turned up the other day. God, she's looking ancient. Seriously, she's so thin now. It's it's almost painful to look at. You know, it's no good troweling on the eye makeup and everything else. Because she went out on the town with... I mean, it was a right bunch of old drearies, I tell you. Um, Nicola... What's-her-face, Nicola Roberts, uh, Rochelle Humes, um, and uh, who else they go for with? Rochelle Humes, Nicola and Perry. Oh, and, um, and Perry Edwards. God, what a boring line-up. You imagine what they all talk about. Well, yeah, so I uh, put makeup on today. Who's having a lettuce leaf? Is anybody having a lettuce leaf? Oh, Nicola Roberts, someone who looks like sort of a rather pale version of a geisha, who was complaining bitterly the next day. That uh, it was it was really you know difficult to cope in the morning when she had a meeting booked. I thought a meeting with what the hairdresser? What on earth does she do nowadays? So they all went out and it was all terribly dreary. But as I say, perhaps they could persuade Cheryl. Perhaps we could force feed her. Perhaps we could sort of hold her down and made her eat chicken nuggets or something like that. I quite like chicken nuggets actually. In fact, I love chicken nuggets. <laughs> Whether or not they'd be good for her, I don't know because she's not uh, not doing it. And um, Dave says, what about an in-conversation with Davy Boy Beckham and Spagbol? He's so witty and yet so shy of publicity. And she's certainly worth it. Yes. I mean, it's, it is... 
I don't think, actually, David Beckham could survive that long because he sits there looking a bit like a geek, doesn't he? Yeah, a bit like that. You look at him, and I remember when they did the Parky show ages ago, she did all the talking, he just sat there looking a bit peculiar. And, um, and now they seem to have separate lives. He's, he's off here doing something and she's not there. What if she'll be cooking Christmas lunch? <laughs> Shouldn't think so. But now they've managed to get the whole family in on it. I'm surprised that Harper Seven hasn't got her own publicity agent. Uh, Robbie Williams had some success after Take That. Perhaps the exception proves the rule. Yeah, but then, of course, he, he didn't actually have any... Um, after he fell out with Guy Chambers, all of a sudden, Robbie's, uh, Robbie's little singing career kind of dried up, didn't it? And so he had to go crawling back to take that. And then he sort of went out there. He used to sing with his friend all the time, and then he started doing classics, which is what they do when their career's about to finish. So expect no more from Peter Andre after next year. You know, Peter doing, you know, ballads and all this kind of... Oh, it's so pathetic. It really is. Awful. Uh, you say you don't haggle, Steve. Does that mean you paid full price for that chap Andre CD? I didn't buy it. I never buy things like that. People buy things for me. I don't buy that sort of stuff. Definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, another one here says, uh, I've just arrived at Blue Water early says James, and there are people waiting to get into the car park. If I was not working, I wouldn't be here. I've got an early delivery. He says, hope you have a fantastic 2016. He says, I am an early morning driver, so you keep me kind of sane. Yeah, but music sends you to sleep. Have you noticed, if you're driving, music... I mean, much as I love the people who present the music, it does send you to sleep. Very dangerous. At least if you've got somebody chatting away. Uh, 17 degrees, so they all went out yesterday for the winter solstice. This is where a bunch of peculiars turn up. And uh, they say hundreds of druids. I think they're just slightly odd people, I'm afraid. I don't believe there's such a thing as druids in this day and age. I really don't. But uh, they all turned up anyway, which was quite sweet. I'm also terribly bored, and it really grieves me to tell you this. I'm terribly bored with Kylie Minogue. I couldn't give a stuff about the singing short person. I'm not remotely interested. You know, when she did, I should be so lucky, 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 lucky. You know, so very nice that an Australian can sing. But they all go through, you know, the sort of the soap opera and stuff like that. And some of them have done very well and some of them haven't done very well. But every time they keep bringing about, they keep trying to reinvent her. So this time, Kylie, who's a 190, I believe now, uh, is going out with a young man who is, uh, who is much younger. And he's, he's sort of got a beard. Uh, he's only 28 He's only 28. It's lovely, isn't it, really? I mean, it must look like going out with your grandmother, I should imagine. I mean, I like Don't get me wrong, I do like it. I'm just a bit bored with the papers going about, oh, isn't she sexy and all this kind of thing. And you go, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the word sexy means nowadays. But, um, there's somebody who writes for Daily Star called James Carbooter. It's probably pronounced something completely different, but I think if you pronounce it Carbooter, I think it's quite funny. Uh, make sure you get your... Uh, you, you will go out today and order, won't you, the stuff for Christmas, your sprouts, your potatoes, and uh, what else you got to get this year? What else you got to get? Come on, uh, you've got to get some satsumas, and you've got... I've got satsumas here. Mm, what? Mm, mm. Oh, it's delicious. Mm. Mm. Oh, it's so sharp. That was delicious. And so you've got to get satsumas in, got to get your nuts... Out in your bowl, you know, Brazil nuts and chestnuts and um, any other sort of nuts you can get your hands on. And uh, what else do you need? Just remember, don't, don't go too mental. Oh, avocados. Avocados are selling better this year than uh, oranges. Selling much better. And isn't it funny? We don't do oranges anymore. I don't do oranges. I do satsumas or, or things like that. I don't do oranges. Perhaps I should do. Perhaps I should do. But, uh, but I haven't. For ages and ages. Uh, another one here. Um, 
Uh, Arshid says, ordered item on 27th of November, still waiting. Well, I'm still waiting. Oh, actually, I've just wondered this DHL thing. Did DHL deliver around the world? They might do. I ordered a book from America some years ago. It's a, it's a magic book. And uh, it's, it's very expensive. It was about $300 plus $65 to send it. I wonder if that's it. I wonder if that's it. They were waiting for, for things to come in, and they said you might get it before Christmas. I'm hoping that, that'll be very... If that's it, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I shall have to uh, bring the card in tomorrow, then I can probably go and collect tomorrow, if they're open. I hope they're open. So, oh, that would be nice. If that's DHL, I'd be very excited about that. Very, very excited. So, uh, thank you. Uh, right, uh, what have we got coming up very shortly? The news at uh, five o'clock. It's uh, Wednesday, the 23rd of December. If you're going to Blue Water, the advice is go now, because they're, they're queuing already to get in. It's only, you know, I don't know what time they open in the morning, but uh, you better get there early because with all the start, and then get out early. Once you're in and out, it's fine. I always like that that exiting kind of thing. Uh, Cumbria. More water again. But, I mean, really, it's as if the good Lord has looked at Cumbria and gone, it's your term. It's your time. Three times now they've been flooded. Four times for some people. Uh, the radio presenter who got a complaint after he admitted on air to man flu. Can you believe somebody actually wrote and complained? Uh, the children's charming letters to Santa Claus. The burglar who tried to buy a car with a £1,000, £1 coins. And British Muslim kids joined the war against ISIS. It's all coming a tumbling down. I'm Steve Allen. It's LBC. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's four minutes past five. It's sort of pre pre Christmas Eve. I think that's what Darren said earlier on. It sounds very confusing. It's the day before Christmas Eve, so it's kind of like nothing day to day. It's the day that you should get it done so that tomorrow you don't have to do it. I know that. Do a checklist. Do a checklist. It's so much easier. Um, da, 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 da. What do we have here? Madonna sparking fury after taking a private jet home. I've never been a fan of Madonna's. I don't know why. I always think she's sort of been a little bit too, sort of, a little bit precious. A little bit precious. Uh, Cumbria and all that water. Again, somebody's got it in for them. The six-hour jam for the shoppers trying to get out of blue water. Then there was the people trying to get into blue water. My advice, go now. At least you get a parking space. Celebrity Big Brother, or Celebrity Rehab, as we call it. Can you imagine what they're all going to be like? Oh, I took more cocaine than you. No, I did more, more drink than you. I was paying 60 quid a gram. How much were you paying for it? When did you first get into it? Who actually bought it for you? Where did you get it from? Do you know any other celebrities who take it? And then you'll get dreary old David Guest, you know, droning on about, you know, when he was with um, Michael Jackson and all this. Oh, the same dreary old stories we've had before. Send the wizened old American back home. That's the man who was obsessed with Judy Garland. He couldn't marry her because she was dead, so he married her daughter, Liza Minnelli. And, uh, as I say, the rest of it. He's, he's got sort of funny dyed hair on his head. It looks like somebody's stuck it on the top of him. He's an extremely boring person. You know, still doing Michael Jackson stories all these years. All these years. Uh, the ringleader of a paedophile gang has fleed to Bangladesh. Says he's having a whale of a time. Don't worry, they'll get him back. They'll get him back and he will face the courts. Uh, the House of uh, Lords Speakers spending thousands of pounds on limo journeys. Uh, Aston Merigold finding life a bit tough after JLS. The comets that are hurtling through space and they could hit us at any moment. 155,000 miles an hour. How do they know? 
How do they know this? And they say they, they, they could be striking anywhere. Uh, the comic Bill Cosby is now suing a model who accused him of drugging her. He's, uh, he's laid claim. He's not been charged with anything. I want to point this out to you now. It's in America, so it doesn't really affect us over here. But uh, he's suing a model. He's suing eight people who have made allegations against him because he said they're just people seeking money. Uh, there are people like this. There are people who jump onto bandwagons. So uh, this is a model. She claims that uh, years ago he drugged her. He's saying, I'm suing you. You know, these people, you'd better be pretty certain of your facts. You'd better be pretty certain. And the new superfood is black raspberries. Black raspberries. Have you ever? I thought they were blackberries, but they're not. They're black raspberries. I don't know whether they're a superfood or they've just got a glut of them. I shall have to check, I think, uh, with Paul Cooper and with Cheney's whether black raspberries are in vogue at the moment. Because it's, if it's a superfood, I want to try it. I'm not that bothered, really. But uh, if it means I live a little bit longer, then that's all good news. The other morning, says Jerry, you were chatting about credit cards and loans. Well, a short while ago, I had a bit of a windfall. So the first thing I did was pay off my loan and credit card, plus my wife's catalogue and cleared all debts. Then I cancelled my credit card, which I might add the bloke at the credit card company tried his hardest to get me to change my mind. And it's now a wonderful feeling to be totally debt free. That's you see now you're the exception to the rule, because the majority of people who have a windfall think, oh, I've got all this money here and I'll, I'll pay back the other things. But you're quite right. You did exactly the right thing. You paid off the credit cards, the loans, the catalogue. You cleared all your debts. And it's a great feeling. What you've got to make sure is that you don't get into that situation again. And uh, interestingly, Winnie says last week somebody emailed you to say they thought they saw Fenella Fielding whilst out and about in London. Well, yesterday I was listening to another radio station. She says, please forgive me. Letter we need from your solicitor. And the presenter mentioned that he'd spotted Fenella Fielding in a branch of Bread Shop. It was weird. She's been mentioned on both radio stations I listen to. Yes, it's it's unusual. She's out there. She must be in her 80s now, mustn't she, I would think. And um, Mark says, can you have orange juice with Prosecco? Um... I don't know, really. If you're going to put orange juice in Prosecco, it's not really, it's not that advantageous, is it? I think you have to drink it neat. And I think that you put orange juice with uh, with champagne. And I do have some champagne. <laughs> I do have my champagne. I do. I'm not really a big champagne drinker. I'm much more of a, of a Prosecco drinker. And, I, and I, I do like my Prosecco. Ice cold, it's delicious. Apparently, the sale of avocados has increased because of Nigella cooking it on toast. Which is, uh, which is ridiculous, really, isn't it? Les says a Jamaican avocado is about three to four quid. They're doing about, I think it's uh, two for one fifty. It's about the average price for, for a large avocado. And it's, they're nice. It's very good for you. Put them on hot buttered toast. Delicious. Delicious. Andrew says Kylie Minogue, more like a singing hobbit. Another person's CDs to avoid. And you can always tell whenever she's got a CD out because she pops up on every television programme and she's, she's the Kylie that we remember from, uh, from years ago. Tom says, whether or not Victoria Beckham cooks Christmas dinner, she certainly won't be eating it. No, do you think she sits there moving a sprout around the plate? You know, shall I eat it? I don't know. David, what, what, should I eat the sprout? As she moves it around the plate. Oh, look, a, a pig in blanket. Mm. Move that around the plate with the sprout. Now we've got another sprout. So we've got two sprouts and a pig in a blanket. And a bit of gravy. Should I eat? I I'll eat it tomorrow. I'll eat it tomorrow. And that's what it'll be. I can't see these people eating. Although Cheryl tells us she's going to be eating Christmas dinner at home. She certainly can't be cooking. You don't imagine old Cheryl Spagbol can cook, do you? No, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, another one here. A lot of people talk about avocados. They're very good for you. Apparently more people are, um, uh, are having avocados now than they are oranges. 
which I find difficult to believe. Difficult. But anyway, nevertheless, avocados are good for you and very nice. Uh, the man flu story is hilarious. It concerns a presenter called Jeremy Vine, um, who's been reported to Equality Chiefs for moaning he had man flu. I mean, you really can't believe the stupidity of some of these people. Just one politically correct listener complained that he's been guilty of sexism. Uh, Jeremy has apparently a show on the radio. <laughs> Never even heard of it. And uh, apparently had some sort of doctor on. They discussed Victorian ailments. And they said, uh, when he was still sneezing and coughing the following day, he says, oh, great, somebody's reported me under the BBC Equality and Diversity Code because I told Dr Sarah that I had man flu. I mean, a spokesman says, we have had one complaint from a member of the public, but wouldn't give any further details. The complaint had been received from an angry listener. Quite clearly somebody who's an alcoholic, isn't it? Or a drunk or something. Why would you... Because somebody says man flu. They must have real issues. They've really got issues. The funny things people complain about. But it's to the BBC. I didn't know they had a... Equality and diversity code. I've got man flu. As somebody pointed out earlier on, other flus are available. But man flu is the best one. How about girly boy flu? That's a good one to get, isn't it? Girly boy flu. I don't think that's ever going to be standing up anywhere soon. Isn't it funny how people like like to complain nowadays? It's, I think it's very funny. Oh, look, here's a picture of some old has-been called Jasmine Wallier. Jasmine uh, Wallier is... Uh, well, you, you, you can tell which paper this is. She's a Towie babe. She's a Towie old minger. That's what she is. And so they stuck her out on the street uh, to try and sort of uh, suss out some of these perfumes which get flogged at this time of year. The, uh, the perfumes from the celebrities. They don't have anything to do with them. They just stick their name on it. I mean, let's face it, if Jade Goody had perfume, you knew just how low we were going. So Cheryl's got one. Stormflower. It gives it one out of ten. She says, don't waste your money on it. She said, it smells like cheap air freshener. Oh, dear. Beckham's one. Uh, gets a 6 out of 10. It's not very good, is it, really? Uh, Beyonce, 6 out of 10. Not very good. One Direction, 5 out of 10. I mean, to be honest with you, it's, it's pushing it a bit far, isn't it, when One Direction bring out a perfume. I understand marketing, don't get me wrong. Uh, also, Cristiano Ronaldo. That's sort of fairly... Perhaps that sort of perfume that swings both ways. You know, it could be unisex. Like a lot of the, uh, the Calvin Kleins. They were unisex perfumes. That got uh, an 8 out of 10. Uh, Ariana Grande, 7 out of 10. Uh, Rihanna, 7 out of 10. Little Minx's Gold Magic Eau de Parfum. Um, this one, um, 9 out of 10. Katy Perry's gets a 5 out of 10. And Nicki Minaj, 6.5 out of 10. But uh, it was an opportunity for, for little um, Jasmine Wallier to go out on the street. So people go, who are you, darling? She'd go, I'm Jasmine Wallier, and I, because I'm like Ian Towie. And we all go, are you really, love? Are you one of the intelligent ones in there? Yeah, of course I am. Because I'm Nadia. Walla, walla. Anyway. Um, Aliona, I've quit Strictly, front of the mirror. I'm a bit bored with seeing any pictures of Cara Delevingne. You know, a rather dreary person at the best of times. You see her with a girlfriend. You don't see her with a girlfriend. You see her out. You see her in. Who cares? Couldn't care less. Um, and um, here's the 23 tenors. The House of Lords Speaker running up, running up a £230 bill, ladies and gentlemen, for keeping a chauffeur-driven Mercedes waiting four hours while she watched the opera. Why do you get the train, woman? Or the bus? Don't they have buses where you go to? You know, so four hours it sat outside there. The cab fare would have been eight quid. The tube fare, £2.30, and the bus, two quid. You could walk it in 17 minutes, you lazy old baggage. £230.40. Ridiculous. Lady D'Souza's chauffeur bill um, from Westminster to Canterbury. If she'd got the cab, 
a cab, it would have been £201. <laughs> the train fare, £29.90. The chauffeur bill, 627 quid. Here's one. Lady D'Souza's chauffeur bill for Westminster to Chelsea Old Church. Cab fare, £12. Tube fare, 4 Bus fare, 2 You walk it in 49 minutes. Obviously, she can't. But the, uh, the chauffeur bill, £172. From Westminster to Windsor Castle. I mean, listen to this one. How much do you think Westminster to Windsor Castle? If you take a cab, it's 85 quid, because it's just beyond the airport. Literally just beyond. You can see the castle anyway. The train fare's 10 quid. Her chauffeur bill, £738. You waste of space. You waste of space. Tax fares are putting the bill for this and for peers they didn't elect. It's outrageous. You lazy woman. Get off your fat bottom and start walking. Get a bicycle. Do something. Ridiculous. I mean, we know she's got to represent people, but could you not get the train in? Nobody knows who you are anyway, so it doesn't make any difference. You know, a chauffeur... 738 quid... Do you know, for less than... What sort of chauffeur is she using who charges from Westminster to Windsor Castle £738? You could rent a Rolls Royce for that. Less. Less. Six-hour misery... The shopping mall, the multi-storey at Blue Water, they just sat there. You could have sent the kids out to go and get sandwiches or Kentucky Fried Chicken. And uh, they just sat there. But we did spend a lot of money. One point, uh, one point one billion splurged across the UK. And still they're complaining, you're not spending enough. And you think, I think we're spending quite enough, thank you very much indeed. Fresh flood misery hitting Cumbria. They're really in for it. 70 mile an hour winds and hail. Uh, the north is now braced for thunderstorms. It really doesn't look good, does it? It's quarter past five. Latest every weekday morning from seven, only on LBC. Nick and the team back with you at seven this morning, and a poll reveals 58% of Brits back arming police officers to tackle terror. Is the terror threat a good enough reason to arm our cops? An airline refuses to let an eight-year-old boy to South Africa to see his grandparents because he wasn't travelling with both parents. We speak to the distraught family. Uh, Lord Speaker Baroness D'Souza claims hundreds of pounds of expenses keeping a chauffeur-driven car waiting for hours while she watches the opera. We've since discovered she seems to make a habit of this. Why don't the Lords just take the tube? And rapist Ched Evans hires Disney spin doctors ahead of his appeal battle. What do they need to do to get him kicking a football again? Nick and the team this morning, after the morning news with Lisa Aziz, former executive editor of The Times, Roger Alton, will be looking through the newspapers. Uh, Michael... It says, how do you balance your diabetes diet and make sure you don't miss out on the Christmas goodies? Moderation, Michael. Moderation. Uh, I remember when I was first diagnosed, it was coming up to Christmas, and I remember saying to the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the doctor, I said, so does that mean I can't have Christmas lunch? He said, no, 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 you can just, as normal, as just in moderation. And just remember that if you're buying things, you're looking for under 10% fat. So I did for, I spent ages picking up sausages, picking up sausages and sort of looking at them and going, right, that's under, that's 90, 97% meat. That's OK. I can go with that. But difficult to find these things. You buy some sausages nowadays. And seriously, there's so much padding in them and so much, you know, rubbish. I've said before that when you go down to the stations nowadays and having discovered that WH Smith at Victoria Station, the storeroom where they kept their, uh, their sweets was overrun with mice and they didn't do anything about it. That kind of worries me. That worries me a lot. Because people don't check these things at all. It's supposed to be... The trouble is, mice can get into anything nowadays. Anything at all. And um, and it's a case of, you know, you just have to check. 
you've got to check on sausages. When I, when I bought a, a sausage roll from one of these pasty places down at the station, to be honest with you, I don't think it contained any meat at all. I don't know what it was, but it certainly didn't taste like meat. And, uh, and the sort of people serving it don't look as though they know whether it contains meat either. Vanilla Fielding, according to uh, Stewie, who's in Los Angeles, is 88. Marvellous if she's on the tube. Well, 88 or not, she, uh, she is around, definitely. 88. It's, it, I think 88 is the new 60. I'm convinced 88's the new 60. That's what it is. Uh, Colin is in Ash near Aldershot. And uh, Martin is having purple sprouts this year. A trial run found them tastier. Ooh. Jim likes, uh, if he's having a super food, it's steak, pie and chips. <sighs> Ooh, you can't beat a ginsters, can you? Ginsters and chips. How lovely. I used to like that. Or failing that, as we used to say years ago in the old fish and chip shops, a uh, portion of chips and some scraps. The bits that, that used to come off when they sort of cooked the fish. And if you were lucky, you found a bit of fish in there. That was quite, that was quite nice, actually. But uh, steak, pie and chips sounds very appealing at this time of the morning. Uh, Tom says, never mind man flu. I'd like to be offended by ladybirds and pink lady apples. Yes, I agree. And Tony Poledri says, mix peach puree or nectar to make the classic Bellini cocktail, which originated from Venice in Italy. Try it with your Christmas breakfast show. Guaranteed to go with a bang, says Tony. Yes, the, the, the only trouble is, I would love to be able to drink it. Actually, it does sound delicious. Peach Where do you get peach puree from, or do you make it? Do you make peach puree? Do you just sort of cut up peaches and put them in a blender and then make peach puree and keep a lot of it and add it to it? Or peach nectar. Where do you get peach? Oh, peach nectar, I think I've seen in Waitrose, in glass jars. I'm pretty... That goes well, does it? Oh. <laughs> Look at us doing alcohol at 20 past five in the morning. <laughs> Small wonder we've got problems in this country. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm going to try that, actually. Peach puree. If, if you can find it anywhere, or if you have to make it, I, I shall make it. And, um... Uh, Steve, the person who complained about the word man flu would have to be carted off in a straitjacket if they listened to you mention it today. Man flu, man flu, man flu. There you go. <laughs> I didn't know the BBC had one of the uh, the complaints. Haddie says, it's one of your best ever shows this morning. I can hear you in your best mood ever. And uh, whatever you did last night, do it again every night. I didn't do anything in particular last night. And actually, I've discovered... I'm, do you remember I told you some time ago that I've obviously got uh, an allergic reaction to lamb... And I only discovered it a while ago, uh, about a year ago, when I had lamb shanks. And I'd had them a couple of times, because Marks and Spencer's did them, and you stuck them in the oven, and the meat fell off the bone. It was delicious. And every time I had it, and I only realised after the second time that it was the lamb, I woke up in the middle of the night thinking, I'm going to be sick. And, and it, it sort of, it, it, it was absolutely terrible. So the second time it happened, I thought, wait a minute, why am I sick again? I haven't eaten anything I knew. Oh, lamb. So... I then tried lamb about three months after that. This is over a period of over a year. And again, the same effect. So I now avoid lamb. I don't touch lamb in any way, shape or form. However, the other day, stupidly, duh, I went to Marks and Spencer's and I picked up one of their party food and they were little shells which have got a little piece of meat in each one and they all look the same. I only saw the word chicken. But in fact, it was chicken and lamb. So some were lamb and some were chicken. So, but I didn't see the word lamb. And I put them in the, uh, in the oven, only in there for a few minutes, took them out and I, and I was eating them. And I'm thinking, oh, these are lovely. Don't get the effect immediately. Climbed into bed. Within three hours, I'm up thinking, I'm going to be sick. And I suddenly thought, why am I being sick? I just had, perhaps there was something in these, in these chicken things. 
go to get the bag out the rubbish, look at it, it goes, lamb and chicken, tikas or whatever they were. I can't remember what they were exactly. And I thought, oh, no, not lamb again. <laughs> so I've now had to studiously avoid it. And I used to love lamb. But now it's just guaranteed to make me ill, so I don't go anywhere near it. Anywhere near it. Everybody's got some allergy, haven't they? Uh, another one here. Am I still in contact with Susan Spence? No. And um, she was... Uh, Susan Spence left here to go uh, up north, actually. I think she went up to uh, to Scotland, I'm pretty certain. Uh, Christine in Glasgow says, Hailstones battering my windows. And uh, she paid £13.99 for Prosecco. Was it too much? Way too much. Wait a thirteen ninety. Where in God's name did you buy that from? You can buy one in uh, Lidl, I think, in Morrison's. They're about five and six pounds. Marks and Spencer's got it on offer at about eight pounds, roughly about the same sort of price in uh, in Waitrose. Thirteen ninety nine. Way too much for Prosecco. Way too much. Prosecco. I'd, I expect to get uh, a couple of bottles for thirteen ninety nine. So go uh, go uh, go somewhere else. Go somewhere else, and then you'll uh, you'll have much better much better value, as they say. Uh, what else was in the papers that I was intrigued by? Oh, I was intrigued by the uh, the fat cat bankers who just paid twenty one million pound tax on profits of three point six billion. God, I wish I had their accountants. Oh, I wish I had theirs. Alison Phillips says something very interesting, and I'll read her column on uh, Tyson Fury in its entirety because it sums up everything that everybody else has mentioned. She said, hate to mention it, but didn't Tyson Fury's trouncing in Sports Personality of the Year prove me right? Had the 130,000-strong petition been successful in banning him from the contest, he would have become a figurehead for the ignorant and insolent, whose incessant refrain is, you can't say anything these days. How much better that he was soundly defeated by a public vote and then apologised publicly for offence caused by his repellent views. His thinking, which is shared by plenty of others, sadly won't go away. But his ability to use it to shape public opinion certainly has, and that's a victory. The victory of free speech and democracy. Yeah, let the thick bloke go and sit with his wife and try and explain why he cheated on her. That'll make far more entertaining, but of course she'll put up with it because she's probably a doormat. I watched the Jeremy Kyle show yesterday. I love it over the festive season because we've been doing the lie detector tests, and we love the lie detector tests. I really do. I mean, I actually, uh, you know, that that's about the most exciting thing that there is on the television. And this was... Um, a girl, uh, a rather loud-mouthed, ugly specimen of woman high, womankind, a bloke who was even uglier, and it turned out that uh, he'd accused her of cheating. So she took a lie detector, and he's sitting there going, she cheated me, going out a year, I love her to bits, but I know she cheated. She's shouting the odds, no, I haven't done this, and all the rest of it. And then her sister, another loud-mouthed, gobby one, comes out and starts shouting the odds and all the rest of it. And so they go through the programme, as indeed they are prone to doing on The Jeremy Kyle Show, where we sit there and listen to three or four Neanderthals screaming the odds, I'm going to put Jeremy... I want to go shopping. You tell him now. I passed every one of these tests. So, on the first test, did you have so-and-so with so-and-so? Uh, no. OK. Have you had sexual contact with anybody else? And she looks at him and she goes, no. He goes, the test said you were lying. So she goes, well, I ain't. Anyway, she then storms off because she's been caught out because she's a liar. And, of course, the, 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 these people, they don't know they don't know the truth from their elbow. They really do not know what the truth is. And so, in the end, then the sister starts joining in to Jeremy Kyle. Don't you talk to my sister like that. He went, she's a liar, love. 
She's a liar. She cheated. And the sister's still brazening it out. No, I never did. No, I never did. And it's all that kind of stuff. I mean, she was an evil old baggage at the best of times. But you sit there watching them thinking, aren't these people horrid? <laughs> Whatever. I think they've ever seen The Sound of Music. I think they've ever seen a happy film that made them go, oh, that was nice. Because she looked as though, I mean, I think most of her tattoos were spelt correctly, so that was quite an advantage. Uh, and he sort of sat there, again, like a bit of a doormat, putting up with this uh, this girl who was still lying, going, and Jeremy Carr's going, you've lied. The test says you've lied. They don't make mistakes on these tests. That's why they put them up on television. She wouldn't have it. Well, no, we had the same one uh, a few weeks ago. Exactly the same thing. He didn't believe it. It says you're a liar. Well, it's not true. It's not true. It is true. You're a liar. Small wonder they get themselves into trouble, ladies and gentlemen. It's 5.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 6. Ken and uh, Jill are listening from the Wild Boar in via the app whilst waiting for our eight month to go back to sleep. It's at that age, isn't it? They doze on, they wake up, they doze on, they go off. And uh, Mike says, I'm feeling left out. Could you make some suggestions for things I can be offended about, please? The more pathetic, the better. I'll go through the papers for you. There's bound to be something to be offended by today in the papers. Uh, Lee wanted to know where Mike Allen's funeral was held. Uh, Putney. Putney it was held in the uh, big... uh, There's a crematorium there. There's a cemetery and then there's uh, east and west chapels for the crematorium. And it uh, it was there the other day. But as I said yesterday, uh, the unusual thing was, which I've never seen before at a, at a cremation, uh, we left the chapel, leaving the coffin on display. Um, so we went out and then they they obviously did the bit after we'd left, which was quite interesting. Uh, Tony Pelletri, thank you for your card, as I said earlier. And uh, Toffee Vodka, I've got so many people into Toffee Vodka now, it's, abs- it's an, almost an embarrassment, I'm afraid. A complete embarrassment. Uh, so the front page of the papers, the baby penguin is about to melt your heart. It must be another advert, mustn't it? It can only be an advert. Uh, Aliona Villani, who won the uh, the Strictly with Jay McGuinness, walking out of the show. She said that if, if you know she would quit now, she's she's gone as far as far as she can. I think, I think uh, to be to be honest with you, there's uh, there's a hidden agenda. This strikes me as a a PR thing. That's that's what I think it is. I could be wrong. Could be wrong, but uh, I'm pretty uh, pretty certain. Some high street chains could collapse after Christmas. Apparently, uh, because of disappointing Black Friday sales. And, you know, there's no pleasing them, is there? No ple- Having just told you a minute ago that one point something billion pounds worth of stuff has been sold, and now they think some high street chains could collapse. Well, which ones? Which high street chains are going to collapse because of Black Friday? The trouble is, the only reason high street chains collapse is because the public fall out of favour with them, or they fall out of love with them. If you're, if you're loyal to a particular brand, you keep going there. But if, if, of course, you fall out of love with it or you feel you've not had the right service, it's very easy in this day and age to just walk out and go, do you know, to be quite honest, I'd rather go and spend my money elsewhere. Do you remember I had that situation a short while ago in Kingston? We're in one shop. I mean, the service was non-existent. You think, I'm spending good money. Go into Lush, and other shops are available, I'm sure, but nothing like Lush, and Mark Constantine. And I said to him, I said, I walked in there. This girl was standing at the door. She went, hello, how can I help you? And I said, oh, I'm looking to buy a gift voucher. Yep, come with me, we'll sort it out now. And that's what you expect. I'm not expecting people to bow and scrape. But frankly, if any of these shops go under, it's their own fault. It's their own fault for having staff who stand around looking bored out of their mind. It's one thing that drives me mad, having been in retail. It's people standing around looking bored. Find something to do and make sure you've always keeping your eye. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'd gone into Topshop in Richmond. And the two girls, I'm standing by, by empty tills, all by myself. I'd walk past them, and they're hanging clothes up, chatting away. 
In the end, I walked out. They were so blooming useless. Mind you, get on a bus the other day. I get on a bus, and the bus driver's son is happily chatting away to him while he's driving the bus. Totally illegal. Totally illegal. There's a big sign. The kid was sta- the kid was about twelve, and he's talking to his father driving the bus. There's a big sign on there that says, "Do not talk to the driver or distract them or stand forward of this notice." I took a picture of it. I was going to put it up on Twitter, but I thought he'd probably lose his job, and I thought that's probably not the best thing, is it really? But uh, don't do it again. On that Twickenham run. The 281, he was coming in yesterday with his son standing on the bus with him. Really naughty. Really naughty. You're you're driving a vehicle full of people. Our life is in your hands. And you're talking to your kid. No, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, Here's uh, Baroness D'Souza going to the opera and the restaurant and doing everything. This is a woman who who led the defence of Salman Rushdie. Uh, she was given a peerage by Tony Blair. She knows how to milk the system, doesn't she? My goodness me. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Apparently, they say the Lord Speaker usually drives herself to events she attends. However, at events she's attended at high-profile venues, including those that have highlighted the security requirements of the hosts, often require that she's brought in a car which must also wait for her departure. Of all, nobody knows who she is. If I saw this woman... You know, waiting by the bus stop. I wouldn't know that she was Lord Speaker Baroness D'Souza. I wouldn't have the faintest idea. Get the bus, love, like anybody else. Stop being so prissy. Uh, children's letters to Father Christmas. And there's one here from from Maya. And uh, she says, "What, Dear Santa, dear Santa, what I really want for this year is actually quite different from the other years. Well, this is what I desperately want. I would like three wishes that will last forever. I wish I could fly whenever I wanted to. Don't we all want to do that? Don't you, don't you want to stand at a bus stop and flap your arms and rise off the ground? Come on. Um, I wish I could make anybody's hair grow a centimetre whenever I say, let your hair grow. And I wish I could have electricity in my hands. Not too sure why electricity in her hands, but I think she's obviously seen the film Frozen. And she says, if you can't do any of these, please give me nothing but a photo of you. Love from Maya. That's sweet. I never wrote to Father Christmas. I don't know why. I just never thought he was going to reply to me anyway. And uh, it's so sweet, the things that they write. There's one here from, um, I think it's from Sarah Grogan. And she says, thank you for all the presents you brought me last year. This year I'm going to put the things I want most at the top and least at the bottom. I would like... A Samsung A3, or my mum's old phone if she's upgrading. Um, uh, uh, also, uh, Helly's Minecraft stuff, like sort of uh, plushes, Lego and books, and lip balm. Thank you. I will leave some milk for you and a carrot for the reindeer. That's sweet. Oh, that's quite... I thought it was a whiskey for, for Santa as well. And uh, there's another one here from Constance. And Constance writes, Dear Santa... My name is Constance Gauchi. I'm seven years old and I would really like a few things this year. I can even do big maths. I was wondering if you could please ask your elves to make me a doggy dog, a sparkle science and monster high dolls, a big girl's bike and a baby brother and sister for real. I know they're all very expensive and mummy and pops said that babies cost lots of money and Santa doesn't bring them. But they also say that you're magic. So I know you won't mind me having one. Thank you for reading my letter. You feel like granting a wish, don't you, really? You feel like waving that wand. And, um, and Alexander Cambridge says, Dear Santa, I've been daydreaming of you watching over me. Sometimes when nobody is around, I daydream and put you in a sensible place. And I say, Hi, Father Christmas, do you think I've been a good boy? 
he also looks over my friends and, and I'm with them and look over them as well. Do you think I've been a good boy? Because I do. Please may I have a huge Morris. I don't know what a huge Morris is. <laughs> Not rude, is it? I would be saying everything rude on the programme this morning. I quite like that, actually. I like the idea that one little girl desperately wants to better fly whenever she wants to. Don't you? I mean, I don't think it's just kids who want to do that. I think that's an adult thing. I think it's an adult thing. Oh, and here we are. Nigella's kitchen gloves. Rubber allergy. You know, you can't do anything on the television now. People are allergic to everything. And they say latex gloves, similar to the ones worn in police dramas, could unwittingly trigger a dangerous reaction among guests with a rubber allergy. Oh, Lord above. Who's got rubber allergies? Put your hands down. All right, so there's a few of you who've got rubber allergy. I've got a friend of mine who's allergic to nuts. Never used to be allergic to nuts. We could go out. Now, of course, you have to put something down, don't you? On, on menus, you have to make sure, because if people have got allergic reaction to nuts, you have to actually let them know. Uh, Francis says, on sudden allergies, I became very ill whilst pregnant when I ate lovely avocados and it didn't resolve itself until about five years ago. So for 27 years, I couldn't eat them. Anyway, I really enjoy your show. Just off to uh, go to M&S to get some fruits, which is lovely, isn't it? I like the idea that sort of you are up early and about this morning because it's, it's 19 to 6. I mean, come on, you can take the radio to the bathroom. You can do anything you like. And, um, and then hopefully you can sort of be out. And if you're going down to Blue Water, other shopping places are available, uh, get there early. And then at least when the doors open, you can be there, which is good. Uh, Ashley uh, says, once again, great show. Uh, Ashley, one of Scylla's drivers. Nice, nice. Uh, Diane in uh, Watford says, apparently you can whiz up or hand blend some tinned peaches to make the peach puree for your Bellini. Apparently that should work. I do, do you know, I like, I like peaches anyway. Years and years ago, uh, peaches, you know, were, were sort of a bit of a treat. You'd have them either with custard or with condensed milk. I used to love that. Jerry in Southampton's having a beer. Oh, Lord. A little bit early. And um, another one here, which says, uh, uh, just had a two-night stay in Birmingham with my friend Susie. Bradley Walsh was staying in our hotel, says Pat. Such a lovely man, so natural and unaffected. I know. And a listener to this programme. And a listener to this programme. So apart from uh, apart from Phil Vickery, we were having uh, Phil Vickery and I were having conversation yesterday, uh, backwards and forwards on, on tweets about what I like and what I don't like. And he likes parsnips. And no matter what he actually says, he couldn't convince me to actually uh, eat parsnips because I just don't like parsnips at all. And so we were going backwards and forwards, you know, and he says... Uh, I think it may be a lost cause getting you to like Swede puree, but in small pieces and a rich turkey broth, we may have a chance. And the answer, and I wrote back and said, no chance, no chance at all of that. He says his auntie Gwen used to, this is Phil Vickery, force ginger nut biscuits and warm milk with a skin onto us kids. Now I hate both. Now I hate both. <laughs> I even remember her blue kitchen when the awful deed took place. I can't think of anything that I hate. I'd Swede, the smell of it. And parsnips, because they're just, they go, oh, honey parsnips. I'm like, who cares? It doesn't do it for me at all. I've got more than enough to cope with, with pigs in blankets, um, with, uh, with Brussels sprouts, crispy roast potatoes, some stuffing, some turkey. It's got to have gravy. Definitely got to have gravy. I absolutely adore gravy. I really do, actually. It's, sometimes your, your food can get very dry, can't it? Very, very dry. Uh, a lot of people were talking yesterday about the Boris bikes. And how they've got to bring in some sort of legislation for these uh, for these people who thieve. And this was after a story emerged the other day. And it's certainly not uncommon in London. I don't know what, what it's like the rest of the country. But in London, where one bloke took um, one of these uh, 
these ghastly things, which aren't insured. You're not insured for anything at all. Have an accident, you know, who are you going to be suing? Nobody. Nobody. They, d- they don't have work permits. They don't have anything, these people. They're illegal. And, um, and so he was charged for a short journey, £600. And he went, 600 I think he went from something like Piccadilly Circus to Hamleys. And the guy calmly said at the end, £600. He said, and he produced a price list. Which, of course, you know, as, as they're not regulated, there is no such thing as a price list. £10 per minute he was charging. Plus, that's for one, one passenger, for two people. And then there was a surcharge on top of it. Well... I'd have let his tyres down, ladies and gentlemen. I absolutely would. I'd have called a policeman and gone, I'm not paying this. He said, no, you'd already agreed to pay this. He said, I'm not paying it. I don't know if he did pay it or not. But uh, I did tweet yesterday that Boris absolutely has, has to get rid of them off the streets. These people are illegal. They're driving the wrong way up one-way streets. Any business that advertises on them, frankly, it's just appalling. Absolutely appalling. And um, let's have a list. So here we go. Smoked salmon for Christmas Day. Says Stuart, I was thinking I should do a little platter of nibbles for you and your family for Christmas as my Christmas prezzy. You could pick on the way into London Christmas Day morning. Actually, I'm coming back. I'm coming back uh, through. But no, no, (laughs) no, you mustn't. You absolutely mustn't. It it, it would be lovely, but you mustn't. Absolutely not. Because I don't know whether they eat fish down there, so that doesn't, doesn't really help. Stuart does these platters, and he goes in Christmas morning... And people queue up outside to get... In fact, Christmas Eve, they'll be queuing down the road to pick up all their turkeys. He sells more turkeys than anybody else I've ever... Even more than the supermarkets. He does these these birds. And uh, they, they sort of become legendary round our way. But um, I, I will let you know later. I'll pop in and see you a little bit later on. But no, 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 no. But on Christmas morning, he works. Because that's what he does for a living. He works. And people go in and pick up their platters, which has got um, oysters and smoked salmon and all sorts of goodies on there, if you like that kind of thing. All set on a bed of ice. And it's really lovely. Very clever. 14... No, it's not. It's 13... No, 14 minutes to six. Latest headlines. Lisa Aziz. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's almost the last day for you to get out there and uh, and then you can have a nice, relaxing Christmas Eve. Nobody wants to do anything Christmas Eve, do they? You really don't. You want to sort of kind of make sure that you've got things done today and then you can put your feet up. But you're bound to be thinking about, oh, wait a minute, I've missed that. Oh, I've got that present. I've got, oh, there's that present as well. It just becomes, it becomes exhausting trying to remember all the things you've got to do. And it's only for one day. For one day we can sort it all out. I think we've got it sussed. Joe says, people talking to the driver is just the tip of the iceberg. I was a driver up until recently. The amount of abuse bus drivers get is astounding. Oh, I absolutely know. I absolutely know. You have to deal with all sorts of things. He says, I've been threatened, called every name under the sun, ending up packing it in as the public can behave like imbeciles around public transport. I know. I was just amazed, actually, that a bus driver, you know, on a route which I am known to take, would actually have his son standing next to him talking. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, what would happen if, if the bus all of a sudden braked suddenly as somebody ran in front of it or something? The kid would go straight through the windscreen. It's obviously not the most caring of people. And, and, and uh, Ian says, I heard you say that Bradley Walsh was a listener. And I know that Mr Moyles listens in. What other celebs tune in? Oh, loads of people. Loads of people. But we never brag about our celebrity listeners. We don't, we don't talk about things like that. It's, uh, as far as we're concerned, everybody's on the same playing field. We're all level. Jackie says, I so agree with you about lack of service. I had a similar experience in one shop. Staff busy giggling and ignoring customers. So I walked out. There's an old adage which says, if you don't look after the customer, somebody else will be happy to. So, yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, companies that go under chains, it'll be because of bad service or the fact we've just fallen out of love with them. Mary has a bad reaction to latex, also dark chocolate. 
Ooh, interesting. And Kevin the Milkman says, you said take the radio to the bathroom. A bit hard for me. My radio is very much attached to the Ford Transit milk float. <laughs> Carlid Mick and all from Warren Evans, bed deliveries, are, um, are up this morning. Probably for the final time, actually. Probably for the final time. And uh, Malcolm says, hearing you mention retail outlets having to put warnings on things, they even put may contain nuts on bags of peanuts. Yes, yes. And Linda says, my poor sister Caroline has fractured her ankle in a car park in Watford, having just done all her Christmas shopping. Husband not amused, but becoming very good cook. She loving attention. Bev says the gentleman ended up paying £250 for the ride in the rickshaw. It was in the paper. 250 That's 240 quid too much. These people are rip-off merchants. Rip-off. I wouldn't have paid anything like... 250 quid to some imbecile to ride one of these things. Oh, no thank you very much indeed. No thank you. The sooner it's, uh, it's knocked on the head, the happier I will be. Why do we have to put up with it in London? Why do we have to put up with it? No other place has got illegal minicabs buzzing about all over the place, except London. You can see that on a daily basis, daily basis in London, where are the police? They just don't have the time to deal with things like that. And the rickshaws? Dangerous. Not insured? Nothing. You don't go anywhere. 250 quid for one ride, which was 10 minutes. <laughs> I'd have argued the toss, I'm afraid. I wouldn't have paid a penny piece. It was German, I believe. £250. Don't get in them. Don't get in them. They're dangerous. What fools get in them? Drunks get in them, that's why. Uh, Maggie says, twice I've had shame pain in my life and twice I've had a migraine. I didn't like it anyway. Very overrated. Scotch any day. Yes. Yes, I mean, I'm not a Scotch drinker. Definitely not. Definitely not a Scotch drinker. I, I, I quite like the idea that there are sort of nice, nice scotches. Uh, Kevin says, I had a blazing row with a pedicab last week. I'd waited for a gap in the traffic to turn right. As I moved, a pedicab overtook me. I jumped on the brakes, got out the van and said, are you stupid? My indicator's on and you overtake me. He said, I got the right away and should have let him go first. Then accused me of trying to kill him. He had no lights either. I know it's, I mean, they're, they're a danger to themselves, Kevin, as you and I know. As you and I know. And the sooner that Boris does something about it, the happier I will be. Kill it on the head. Get rid of these people. They're nasty. They're dangerous. The people are dangerous, not just the pedicabs. How are you getting home Christmas Day, says Jane? I drive a car, dear. I drive a car. I've been driving a car for ages. Since I was 17, I've been driving a car. So that's what I do. And uh, Ian's going up to a hotel, which allows them to take dogs, which is good. And... uh, if you do go to Phil Vickery's for Christmas, feel free to pop in for a drink if you like Irish coffee. I'd very much like to meet the man who brightens up my day every day. Thank you. And <laughs> so, so I'm now thinking about having rows with pedicabs. I think that we just have to get them off the streets of London. 250 quid for a pe- I'd have kicked his tyres. I'd, I'd have had them flat in about five seconds. Absolutely, definitely. Definitely. And uh, went to... Um, a shop in Teesside Park in Stockton, spent about 50 quid, had a next bag with me, asked the girl, could she pack it as I've got a hand injury, was told she wasn't allowed to, she had to put them over my arm. Really? That seems a bit odd, I've never heard of that before. I mean, I, I, I always say to people, if ever, they always have to tell you, don't they, would you like a bag? It's 5p, you know. And I always go, yeah, all right, it's 5p. Do I look like I'm going to complain about five pence? The answer is not. Uh, Christmas jumpers, Cameron Cutie and married Tory MP. They're going to be the latest bores in the paper, aren't they? He's dumped his wife and kids. Lovely Christmas they're expecting. Uh, And the rappers who made a video in a prison cell. It's very sweet, actually. This is Moisha Shepherd and Demiel Thomas, uh, both as thick as bricks. 
as thick as bricks. They, uh, they're the first inmates to be charged under the 1952 Prison Act, making an unauthorised sound recording. So they've been given um, an extra nine months on their prison sentences. Oh, diddums. I'm sure you'll love it in there. I'm sure all the people like that. Uh, one of them is serving a seven-year term for aggravated burglary. The other one, dangerous driving and involved in a prison breakout. Thick as bricks. Thick as bricks, honestly. Makes me laugh, these prisoners. So an extra nine months in there. God, you'll be loving it. You'll be loving it by the time you come out. I was going to look at my star signs for today. I looked at them yesterday. They looked uh, they looked fairly promising for the festive season, except when you sort of uh, realise that uh, Sir Ranulph Fiennes once lopped off two of his frostbitten fingers following a trip to the North Pole. It saved himself £6,000 surgery bill. He says, I've still got them. He said, I lost them for a while, then I found them again. I'd put them in a tin. Because if you get frostbite, I mean, you can literally break your fingers off. I don't know if you've ever been in really sub-zero temperatures. It's absolutely awful. Here's a picture of some some, uh, people going out. Nicola Roberts, what does she do? Cheryl Fernandez, who looks more emaciated by the day. You've never said... If she smiles, it makes her cheekbones look even more sunken. And Perry Edwards, who's turning up in an outfit. I mean, I'm assuming she thought she was going to a pole dancing club. Why do these people dress so badly? Small wonder that old Malik dumped you, dear. Small wonder. Learn how to dress properly. Have a word with your parents. They'll, they'll be able to tell you this sort of thing, won't they? Makes it a lot easier. Daily Express. We'll come round to in a, in a moment. Apart from uh, the Strictly shock, Aliona quits after romance rumours. I don't think it's that at all. I think there's another agenda. There's definitely something else. There's definitely something. It's unusual, isn't it? Somebody wins... And then they quit, as opposed to, if you're going to quit, you announce beforehand. You say, if I win, or whatever happens, I'm going to be stepping down and retiring. But there was no mention of this one. That's why I think somebody's got some, some, different, uh, some different ideas. Uh, more on uh, nosy Brits who can't resist spoiling the surprise. People put all their presents under the trees and then they wonder why they get burgled. Because it's supposed to come from Father Christmas. And as I pointed out the other day, if you put them under the tree, it quite clearly hasn't come from Father Christmas. Because he doesn't deliver till Christmas Eve. So for parents who want to ruin Christmas for their children, why don't you just put the presents under the tree right now? Have them on full display so that anybody passing can look in and go, all presents, let's wait till they go out and then we'll go and burgle them. And that's what's happened to um, a lot of people in the papers for today. They've been burgled. Some of them have got cameras and you've got the burglars, another bunch of complete idiots who peer into the camera without realising that it's taken... It's like people who nick phones and then they take a selfie and somebody goes, it's with iCloud, it sends it straight back. Uh, Anne Widdicombe, she's doing pantomime, and uh, she wishes all her reader a very Merry Christmas and hope you have received cards which warm your heart. Mine was warmed by the opening my newspaper and seeing that picture of Charles and Camilla. Uh, whatever happens, the ladies made him happy. Do you know what would make me happy this year? Anne Widdicombe finds man and settles down and gets married. I think that would be a lovely story. What a heartwarming story that would be, ladies and gentlemen. If Tony Beek's listening, you know she's got the hots for you, don't you? She mentions you in every blooming column. So there is a, there is a distinct chance you could be the man to actually make Widdy very, very happy. News at six is approaching. Trying to get out of blue water. Six hours they waited. Six hours. There was a broken down car. Oh, dear. Honestly, if your car's not good enough to make it to blue water, don't take it out on the roads ever again. Uh, One million migrants pour into the EU in one year. Most of them disappear. Probably driving those pedicabs, I should imagine. Cumbria disappears under a deluge of water yet again. The cinema hypocrites banning the Christian advert. We're eating more avocados than orange Celebrity Big Brother is Celebrity Rehab. They've all been in and out of rehab. A bigger bunch of degenerates you'd be hard pushed to find. I wouldn't give you threepence for any of them. 
And uh, the bullying MP faces Labour legal action. That and more is next. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's five past six. It's Wednesday, 23rd of December. This is the last. Please get your shopping done today. We don't want any more scenes of people sitting there for six hours in a car park trying to get out of blue water. A six-hour jam. You'd have lost the will to live, wouldn't you, really? Cumbria disappears under that deluge of water again. Aliona quits strictly. The radio presenter who got one complaint when he admitted to using the word man flu. You've never heard anything like it, have you? Santa's Wonderland trip was a car park in a shopping centre. The cinema hypocrites banning the Christian adverts. And more avocados than oranges we're eating. The burglar who tried to buy a car with £1,000 in £1 coins. He'd broken into a post office. He's another drug addict. And Kylie spending the festive season with her new man. Whoopee! And uh, Cheryl went out and uh, apparently might have eaten some food or something. I don't know. Certainly didn't look like she'd eaten any food, did she, really? And, and the Grinch burglars stealing Christmas gifts from under the family tree. It's the same story every year. I don't know why we even bother running it. I can guarantee you every year there will be some family who will lose their Christmas toys because heartless burglars broke in and took everything. It happens. It's happened every year for the past 40 years, to my memory. And then we had, what did we have the other day? A nursery that uh, somebody had pinched the toys or they'd had some disaster with a flood. And anyway, people were very generous in, uh, in giving back as well. The strange marital arrangements between Jensen Button and his wife, uh, they're getting divorced. They've never lived together. It's a very odd... She's a lingerie model, speaks for itself, doesn't it, volumes, in, uh, in Tokyo, where they sort of like that kind of thing. And, uh, and he's around the world... Uh, Formula One, I suppose. Uh, Madonna sparks fury taking a private jet home. Uh, the other day, her people pulled the sound. She was late turning up on stage. Totally unforgivable, of course. That means, uh, really, somebody who's not totally professional. You turn up on time to do a show. But because with all these shows in arenas and in theatres, um, they have a clause in there that you will not overrun. If you overrun, they can pull the plug. And she was late starting. And so she overran. And the plug was pulled. So when she came on to do the encore, there was no sound. There was no sound at all. And uh, she threw, apparently, one of her little hissy fits. But it was pointed out by the venue that it was her people that pulled the sound plug on. They don't want to sit there all night while she faffs around. You know, holiday. Yeah, all right, let's go home now, shall we, dear? We've heard the song a million times. Old woman gets up on stage, dances. Anyway, she says, we haven't finished yet, Glasgow, wherever it was. You know, the Queen has decided. I thought you're living in such a delusional life. And then in one of her other things, she takes a private jet home. So much for all these things, isn't it? Oh, we're very ecological. No, they're not at all. The ringleader of a paedophile gang has fled to Bangladesh. Says he's having a whale of a time. Not for too much longer, I should imagine. And the turncoat MP and, uh, and the vicious battle for her millions. Elton John seen out with his husband. They're trying to do damage limitation. Aston Marigold finding life tough after JLS. He's offering to do a private gig in your own house for £5,000. Seems an awful lot, doesn't it? Well, you could stick around for a bit. You'd probably get him for a tenner. He could just sort of turn up on the bus and come and sing a few songs. I don't know what you get for 5,000 quid, but just him singing, I suppose. You'd have to be some fan. That that would be quite... And also because they've not been in the limelight for ages. Whether they get together in a few years' time, I don't know. I tell you who's doing very well around the country. Uh, The Osmonds are taking their sort of Andy Williams-themed Christmas show out, which is good. I'm slightly disturbed about the hundreds of comets hurtling through space 
which could hit this planet. Let's hope to God they don't hit here in Leicester Square. Uh, Adele says, I will not spoil my son, which is great. And Quentin Tarantino gets a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It's, uh, it's a dreary thing. It's just the pavement which goes for miles and miles with a lot of people who have Hollywood you know, stars. It's put up by the self-appointed mayor of Hollywood, who has his picture taken with just about everybody. He's about the most boring person. No, I tell you what, he's not the most boring person alive. That was David Guest, we decided, who's going to be regaling you in Celebrity Big Brother with tales of Michael Jackson, like there's not anything we don't know about Michael Jackson. But, uh, you know, we'd rather know the secrets of David Guest's hair. Thank you very much indeed. Elton John... Uh, out with his husband, David Furnish, in Los Angeles, having parted company with Gary Farrow, who cited directional differences. David Furnish was assumed to have taken on the role. I mean, poor Elton's surrounded by nobody. He's 68 now. Does he know where he is? Does he know what's going on within his organisation? Apparently, he's gone to new PR man called Murray Chalmers. Uh, under the umbrella of Rocket Entertainment Group, a company co-owned by Sir Elton, of which David is CEO. But when Murray was asked for a response to the story, a reply came from husband David instead. Hence the confusion. So, not too sure, actually, who's doing it. So, uh, obviously, David Guest likes to keep a, uh, a handle on his little rocket man. Doesn't he just? Doesn't he just? Where did he come from? Where will he be going back to? And uh, another one here on the subject of... Um, da- Hello, Poppets. Look at you turning up. Is that real animal fur? We had a bit of trouble the other day with... Um, what was a shop? What's the sports shop? Sport Direct, is it? Sports Direct? Sport, sport, what? Oh, yes. Sports, yeah. Is that my mug? I've got, oh, right. Because apparently they have, what? You've got glitter on your chin. You have. You've, you've, you've picked up a Christmas card. You glinted. As you turned towards me, Chris, you glinted. It's, like, it's here. You can't see it because it's so small. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You could come and sit on my tree, couldn't you? Somebody asked, somebody asked me about you yesterday. I went in to give my, my garage some, some Christmas festivities. And Steve, one of the guys there, he said, Chris Moyles mentioned you this morning. I said, what did he say? I always have to check what you say. <laughs> Is that what you said? I was too chicken to come in. I'm determined to come in before Christmas. No, no, don't, don't pop in to do hugs. I don't do hugs. No, don't. No, please, no, don't. I'll, I'll come and see you. I'll come and see you. No, don't, no, don't come and give me a hug. Please don't give me a hug. No, uh, no, not a kiss either. I, don't, I can't do hugs and kisses. I know it's Christmas. No, it's not your last day. Oh, it is your last day. I'll, I'll pop in and see you later, I promise. Please. No, don't come in. No, please, please don't come in now. Please, no, don't, because it'll frighten me. And I've got so much to get through on the end of the programme. You have got a little bit of glitter, though. If you open a card, and I, I got a card here, it's got that little glitter there. You've only got to touch it with your finger, and it, you can't see it. I hate it, I hate it. I keep saying to people, don't send me in. Yeah, don't send me in anything with glitter on. So what do they do? <laughs> Cheap. No, I like glitter, actually, really. I wouldn't, I, personally, I, but I mean, all the cards are, look, that's a pretty card. I love all the Christmas cards. Don't you like, are you, you're not a bar humbug, are you, festive season? No, you like it. Did you get my card? Did you get my card? With the money in? No, okay, oh, blimey, that's probably got lost in the office somewhere, I should imagine. <laughs> go on, go and do some work. Go and do some work. Uh, celebrity Big Brother. Uh, they've <laughs> they've announced the lineup of Celebrity Big Brother, and they've uh, well they've all been in rehab. I think I seriously think they've all been in rehab, with with hardly any exceptions. I think the only person who's not been in rehab is David Guest, and I'm not entirely convinced that David Guest has not been in rehab. I think did he go in? Did he have some addiction? I can't remember. Seriously, I cannot remember. I cannot remember if he has. But in the back of my mind, there is something which 
which means that he's... I'm sure he did something. There was something. I'm sure he had an addiction. I can't remember what it was, and I might have got it wrong, but I'm just thinking, as most of the others appear to have been in rehab. We know Daniela Westbrook's had rehab. We know that uh, Paul Dannon has had rehab. We know that um, Darren Day, I think. It's a, they've all got issues, anyway. They've all got issues with sort of either drink or drugs or a combination of both. It was all a little bit peculiar. And it's not going to make for great television. Gemma Collins, of course, is just an attention-seeking fat bird. And that's, that's what it comes down to. And whether she's interesting or not, of course she won't be. She will just literally flop around eating food. That's all she'll do. She'll just, they'll be going, she's stuffing her face again. And, you'll, and you will discover after a while that Daniela Westbrook, for about the first, probably the first half a day, will be marginally interesting. After that, nothing. After that, she might as well just go and sit in the pool by herself. You'll find that Paul, Paul Dannon will try and be a bit upmarket, and up, up, sorry, not upmarket, upbeat, and that won't be happening any time soon. Gemma Collins, you'll discover that she's the most boring person you've ever seen in your entire life. She thinks she's really clever and really funny. She's got neither personality nor entertainment value. It's zilch. And so you will discover that. Uh, David Guest, you'll discover, is just the world's worst show-off. You know, because he knew Michael Jackson. Like, keep that bit quiet. You know, and a few other people. And uh, he'll always tell you, you know, he over-embellishes his uh, his sort of life story. He's a bit boring. As I say, the only thing you want to know about David Guest is, where does he buy his hair from? Where does he buy his hair from? When he went out of the jungle, I think he got Matt Willis to colour it for him. It was all a bit peculiar. Uh, there's also the uh, the nosy Brits. We can't resist spoiling surprises. Don't you always, you want to open presents, don't you? You see a present and you go and you pick it up. It's like Christmas crackers. Come on, tell me you do not do this. When you go to the dinner table, Christmas, you, you, you make sure you're the first in the dining room, if you're lucky enough to have a dining room, and, and you go round and you pick up the crackers and you go, I don't think there's very much in this one. And so you pick a, so you pick a cracker that's heavy and you move that to your position and it's always got the dullest present in there. The lightest crackers always got the better present. And so I go round and you shake them and you hold them up to the light, don't you? Try and look through and you go, I can't see what it is. What is that? I don't know, it looks like a pair of nail clippers or something. There's always something bizarre. But it, is, it isn't the novelty inside the cracker. It's the fact that crackers look so beautiful. And then you put the hat on and you feel such a fool, don't you? You feel such a fool when you put it on, but everybody else is wearing one, so you might as well sit there. And sometimes you fall asleep, then you sweat. And because they're only cheap little paper things, they sort of, you know, you sort of soak through them. It's not an attractive look, but it's the best you're going to get on Christmas Day. Quarter past six. Latest news. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 19 minutes past six. We don't have much time left. Very quickly, um, Valerie sent me a picture of snow. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, somebody else says, uh, great to hear Mike Dickens' name. Uh, like yourself, had his own views. Absolutely. And uh, and Mark says, have you ever had a Whiskey Mac? Absolutely. I used to work in a bar. What do you mean about a Whiskey Mac? That's uh, one shot of whiskey, one shot of ginger wine. Stone's ginger wine. And it's a warmer. It's what they call a winter warmer. Quite nice. Quite nice. Um, I, I, I do like things like that. I, I'm not really a, a whiskey drinker. When I was when I was young, if I had a cold, uh, because we didn't have a bathroom cabinet chock a block with the stuff we got nowadays, um, my mother would give me a glass of hot milk with whiskey in it. Would have a spoonful of whiskey, and uh, as a kid, it was like you go to bed half tittled. It was quite fun though. But uh, I don't know if people still do that for kids. Give them you know warm milk because we drank a lot of milk as kids, with some whiskey and some sugar in it. I wouldn't have it now. It would drive me mad, I think. Uh, I know that Fat's listening at the moment. He sort of always picks up just after the, uh, the six-bit, which is quite nice. I'm going to do the front pages of the, uh, of the papers, uh, mainly because I want to. Apparently, take the, uh, 
Uh, well, sorry, Jan at the Queen's Theatre. I do beg your pardon, Jan. Says, can I wish you and all the lovelies a happy Christmas and hope 2016 is kind to us? Yes, I, I hope so as well. Oh, wait a minute. No, my thing's, my thing's um, frozen again. It does this every so often, this, this computer. It has a little mind of its own. One minute you're going quite well, and then the next minute it freezes. There you go. We've done that bit, and hopefully that should be... Yes, it's right. Uh, apparently, take the kiss and the glitter will go away, says Ethelyn. Oh, don't. Don't start on that one. And uh, greetings from Ireland, says Christine. Your Christmas card is on the way. No glitter this year. I've got, I've got more. My friend Chris and I are now covered in glitter. You could just tell, can't you? It's, uh, it's terrible. My nep- uh, nephew showed me a, a game. Uh, I have to check all these things out, Steve. Before I actually sort of mention a game, I'm going to have to sort of check it out because I don't know anything about game. Somebody's delivered a cake, apparently downstairs for me, which is lovely, isn't it? which is good, from the King's Bakery and Fish Central. So thank you very much indeed. It's my annual Christmas cake, which I get, and uh, it's, always, it's always very lovely. And um, Cheryl Cole loses weight, Steve, says Kelly, and our world goes mad. Chris Eubank morphs into a turtle and nobody says a word. <laughs> yes, I have to be honest. Chris Eubank. Chris Eubank. But uh, Cheryl, she's looking so painfully thin, painfully thin. It's these sunken sort of cheekbones that I can't get used to. I'm not sort of, it's not good. Uh, Iceman said, I used to get headaches when I drank red wine. Well, the first three bottles were okay. And, uh, and then somebody says, I bought a whole chicken from a supermarket. On the label, it's, uh, it says, may contain chicken. Yeah, well, didn't they find, if you go to some of these fast food places, the cheaper end of the market, what you think you're buying might not be what the ingredients are. It's all, it's all a little bit disturbing, ladies and gentlemen. It's a, you have to be very careful with some of the things you buy. I'm not sure you could, um, if you could actually trust anybody in this day and age. Malcolm says, don't encourage Gemma Collins to sit in the swimming pool. We've had enough flooding without creating a mini tsunami. Uh, yes, and Dean says... Um, uh, we've just been to see Dick Whittington at the Orchard Theatre, Dartford, with Shane Ritchie. He's very good. He's a past master at pantomime, so don't ever worry about that. They've got 3D scenes and a mechanical dragon. Good. Mark in Brentwood. Two different duties today. Off shortly to wish our bin men and women a happy Christmas, because he's the mayor. And then a candlelit service at Chelmsford Cathedral tonight. <laughs> Ricky and Harrow says, you've called that girl a fat bird. Yeah, well, she is. A, what do you think? She is thin. You don't think Gemma Collins is? Please tell me you don't think she's thin. <laughs> and Anna says, yesterday I got through another birthday. Uh, somebody says, I thought that uh, David Guest um, had already been on Big Brother. Yeah, he went on the I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. But of course, as he's not exactly working at the moment. And he's, uh, his only living appears to be in this country. We've got to put up with him yet again. Uh, Steve, you were talking about sausages. It was only then, says Lorne, that I suddenly remembered I had to be up to work at the Camden Cold Weather Shelter breakfast shift down at St Mary's, where they make a great full English for the homeless guests, which is lovely. Uh, from, this must be Diana, says we had a three-hour trip aboard the swinging 60s tour bus. An old route master, ding, ding, starting in Richmond. We visited all the sites around Richmond Borough. Gigs were held, Eel Pie Island, the Crown Pub, the Turk's Head, the Station Hotel as well as seeing many locations used for the 60s Beatles films in St Margaret's from the Twickenham studios, stopping for drinks at the Turk's Head, seeing the houses of uh, Pete Townsend, Mick Jagger on the hill, and historic um, houses around the borough. Great informative commentary. Yes, it's swinging 60s bus tour, tour bus, and it operates uh, out of Richmond, and it's a lovely thing to do. I haven't done it yet. I, I, do, I do intend to actually get round to doing it. I think not likely. Before the festive season. My worst school dinner memory, says Dave, was the smell of peas pudding. Quite, is that P 
peas, P-E-S, P-E-A-S-E, peas pudding, isn't it? Doesn't that feature in some, some carol or something? I can't remember. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the smell of Swede, I'm sorry. I tried, I mean, I'm sure that Phil Vickery means well, but bless his heart, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, well, I probably could, actually, that's a lie, because I've been in the studio before when people have cooked for me, and I've eaten things that I haven't eaten before, and they've said, you know what you've just eaten? I've gone, no. I mean, that's why I could never go in the jungle. I would never choose to eat any of those things there, no matter how much money they were offering. I mean, I, nothing, nothing on earth would ever get me to eat some of these revolting things that they've got in there. Now, listen, I think we've sorted out the world, roughly. We've told you about Rehab's Big Brother Stars. It's a pathetic lineup of uh, of people who are going to be having breakdowns all over the place, but I suppose they call that entertainment on television. Not for me. Uh, Strictly Champ quits UK for love, they've said. She's gone back to uh, Florida, I believe. Daily Express. First the floods, now be prepared for thunder snow. Thunder snow. And uh, a million migrants pour into the EU. That's just in one year. Aliona quits, as she does on the front of the Daily Mail. I mean, why it makes any difference? I've got no idea. Who cares? Dancer quit show. Pfft, what? Hey, tell me. Uh, 100,000 illegals stopped at the UK border. Uh, there's about... There's probably about three times that amount here already, mainly driving pedicabs. Uh, the Daily Mirror, Aliona, I've quit strictly. Yeah, all right, get over yourself. Star Wars hero and his tragic pal, Damilola. Uh, lording over us, the uh, House of Lords Speaker. Here she is, Lady D'Souza. My God, you like to enjoy the old the old posh limos, don't you? Windsor, 700-odd pound to take her down in a car. Would have been cheaper to stick her in a black cab. Why does she have to take a limo? Doesn't have to, unless she's uh, that sort of person. Jensen Button, according to the son and his wife, have split after only one year. They never lived together. I don't know what sort of relationship it was. And that uh, that bizarre story the other day of the cancer faker, Ella Bianco, who's in prison at the moment. She's quite clearly got one or two sort of strange issues. One of them might be that she imagined she had an illness. And so she had a party on her deathbed. But, of course, she wasn't dying at all. It was just made up. The woman who looked after her lost her husband, her job, everything. And uh, all we've done is send this uh, dreadful old con artist to prison. And uh, it's just ridiculous. And so the, the, the woman who was conned, the tutor, the only way she found out is when she went to the hospital to find out what they knew about her illness, only to discover that they didn't know anything about her at all because she was a liar. She'd made it all up. The whole thing was made up from start to finish. So she, she confronted her on a bench. She said, you made it all up? She said, yes. That's how brazen she was. So off to prison she goes. I mean, they should leave people in there. Uh, Alison Pearson asks the question in the Daily Telegraph, what's Father Christmas ever done for us? Um, well, I don't know. I think, I think for, for lots of young children, he's done all sorts of nice things. And um, no room at the cinema. The 45-second film for the Christmas starts with Christ's campaign was deemed inappropriate on account of it being political or religious advertising. And they don't allow that at the, uh, the cinema. I mean, it's just a good story, isn't it? And um, I don't think it makes any difference whether they show it or whether they don't show it. I'm sure there'll be Christian groups, far-right Christian groups who'll jump up and down and, you know, scream and shout about it. Uh, Britain's supermarkets uh, predict lunchtime today will be the busiest moment of the year. The busiest moment. At 12 o'clock today, that'll be the time that you'll rush into the supermarkets and go and buy all your things. You'll be doing your perishables and... Um, and everything. And I know that Paul Cooper's stocked up. I know that um, at Stuart at Sandy's, everybody, uh, even Thomas in the dry cleaners, ladies and gentlemen, and the Modis in their shop, everybody's stocked up with things. They want you to go and buy things and, uh, and have a Merry Christmas. But it is only the one day. 
It is only the one day. It doesn't go, doesn't go any longer than that. Uh, I missed Big Ron, the, uh, the Dad's Army story on the telly the last night. I'm going to try and, and catch up because I, I, it, looked, it looked brilliant, actually. It looked absolutely brilliant. Uh, John is in northeast Thailand. He says, I'm just three months older than you. He says, my 62nd birthday was yesterday. Absolutely outrageous. People keep suggesting I'm in my 60s. Where are you getting this from? Is this something you read on Wikipedia some years ago? I'm 39, coming up 40. All right, let's keep it at that. All this dreadful stuff people are putting around. I was born in Stockwell, but my parents moved to Mornington Avenue. He says, my mum worked at the hospital on Mason's Hill. Do you know Raglan Road School? No. I'm a... I'm a I'm a, a boy from the other side of town, I'm afraid. I don't know anything outside Mornington Crescent at all. Uh, at all. But I'm, I'm sure it's lovely. And Christmas coming early. Do you know, Baroness de Souza is paid £101,000. Small wonder she's smiling in a sort of insane kind of way on the front page. That's it this morning. Am I just finished? No, I'm sorry, I've got a little bit more time left. Just enough time to tell you that um, we're here tomorrow, being Christmas Eve, and then on Christmas Day, I'm here between 7 and... Ten o'clock. So it's uh, it's it's breakfast, but breakfast like you've never had before. We shall hopefully sort out your turkey. We'll sort out your points set here. We'll sort out all the problems. We might, not saying we will, but I'm saying we might open up the phone lines. I'm not holding out too much hope on this one. I might. We might have to have people vetted by the security services or something like that before we actually speak to you. And also, you'll probably have to bring a note from Matron. Uh, or at least your parents, OK, before we let you on, because it's it's going to be a special kind of programme. So three hours on Christmas Day morning. But we do it again tomorrow morning, so I look forward to your company. If you're going out somewhere today to go and do the shop, why don't you go now? Why don't you do now? And then you'll do yourself a big favour. You can listen to LBC wherever you go, wherever you are, because you've got the LBC app. It's free for your mobile or tablet, which means you never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at seven, Nick Ferrari at breakfast, but coming up next... It's Lisa Aziz with the morning news.